We're live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Kind of Funny Star Trek Kelvinverse in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the J.J. Abrams, Justin Lin Star Trek trilogy. Very exciting stuff. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Ahoy, ahoy, mateys. Meet me up for fun times. <laughs> Great. Here we yeah, go. Already Here we go. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We're mixing a lot of franchises. A lot of franchises. The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarfino. I think I figured out why they call it the Kelvin verse. Yeah. Because it's Kelvin. There you go. There we go. Starting the facts early here. What do I have? Boldly go where no facts have gone before. That's the segment for this. That was great. That was great. We got a big Kev dog looking real good with that depth of field. Loving the lens. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. I want a photo. Can I subscribe to your OnlyFans and get a photo of you laying on that couch with your head on the pink pillow using the pink phone? Take it off. But Take it like off. bent over. I want to see you all from behind. Are what you wearing a black tank top underneath a white Rugrats shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You have. Have. A new thing. Andy Cortez, how you doing? Uh, dude, what a movie. This what a movie. Yeah, right? Come on, Kitty. What a great time. Number one by a long shot. The one thing that I'm bummed out about, Kevin, if we could figure out a way around this, if not, it's fine. But going forward, I'd love for in review if if we could hear the intro, too, because back at the studio, we'd all be able to see the intro and get hyped up going in. Yeah, intros are always so good, which it's totally possible if I'm not in the in the video or in the show. We'll have to figure we'll have to figure out an interview, Kevin. Huh? If anything, because I want you guys Andy. to know that that intro was hype as fuck. It was really good. So, like, oh, shit. Let's get the energy really going here. I'll watch everyone. it back. I already, I already have it. Look at me. I'm doing scans. Just like in the movie. JJ, call me. What are you doing? Are they making more of these? Greg, kind of weird that that sounds like how Mr. Robot hacks into the ATMs. No, it's completely. This is the scan. And then Rami Ismail talks and goes, totally different. Come on. Totally, totally different. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kind of Funny Star Trek in review. You can watch it live every week right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games when we do it on Tuesdays. On Fridays, we're doing the Lord of the Rings franchise, the trilogy, uh, part by part. Very exciting stuff there, too. Uh, You can watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it, we give you that option. Just go to your favorite podcast service and search for Kind of Funny Reviews. If you want to get the show ad-free, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers did, Muhammad Muhammad, Black Jack, Owl Tribesman, and Connor Nolan, a.k.a. Connor Dow. Connor Dow. Today we're talking about Star Trek, released oh, you, May you 8th. You fuckers can make Predator happen, huh? KFAF, it's no big deal. I made Connor Dow happen. Well, you gotta it's, it's, Connor Dow is someone else's Nick's name. Now. Nick's I been running so many errands this morning, he's got to eat his eggs on stream. You know what I mean? <laughs> Had to get the fucking kids to daycare, drop off the dry cleaning, fucking host a show before. The, oh, no, you didn't a, do any of that? I had a very chaotic morning. <laughs> what happened? I made the bed. God, I hate you. God, I hate you. You went out for coffee. (laughs) I bet you didn't even make the bed. I bet you D made most of the bed and he put the pillows out. No, no. I opened the blinds. I opened the blinds. Dude, everyone look into Nick's beard right now. I know. It's, it's, it's so, so HD. It's I have so my, HD. I have my, my, uh, my camera like set on like a really crushed color profile, so the beard just looks dark. I love yeah, it. It's got it more gradations great. in it, but I look like I dyed it because I want to look younger. It, it looks, looks pretty, like it, it looks did. black and like my hair, which is brown. 
Look at how blonde Tim looks tonight, man. Tim's been looking blonder and blonder. Oh my god! I didn't want to make a big deal about it because he had a nip of whiskey before the show. Like a Saint Bernard, he's just got it on his neck. Man, I hate all of you. Uh, we're talking about Star Trek, released on May 8th, 2019, a date that I will never forget because we went for Alfredo's birthday um, at Century 20 in Daly City, and it was the day that they closed the Fuddruckers. Oh. So we were there. Oh, we down Fuddruckers tragic fucking day. The final day. Um, it was very sad. Um, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, we all know him for being the creator or co-creator of Lost, Felicity, Alias, and Fringe, and he directed... This Star Trek movie, the next Star Trek movie, Star Wars 7 and 9, Mission Impossible 3. This guy has his hands in a lot of things that we like. He's really good at rebooting the franchises. We'll see if he's good at following them up with uh, with a second one. But uh, for sure, this one was so much fun. And like, I, I mean, I give it to him the fact that it's, it's bringing the team together. It's resetting the universe. I think that he did a great job with casting in this. I think everyone has such good chemistry, and at the least of which is I think Zoe Saldana is fucking great in this. I think she's a standout, um, as well as Simon Pegg. Every time he's on him with a little dude, we're like, get, get down from there. Yeah, Gets just, me every freaking time. The whole damn cast is phenomenal, and every it's time cool. I watch Chris Pine act, I just yearn for an Uncharted movie, and I feel like he oh, would have yeah. been a perfect Nathan Drake, dude. A couple of fun so uh, casting things here. So Simon Pegg did not audition for the role. He simply received an email from JJ asking if he'd like to play Scotty. Pegg said he would have done this for free or even paid Abrams to be in the film if he had not been offered a road, a role. Hey man, so he was going not the Tyrese route. Yeah, I think he's exactly. lying. As soon as Simon Pegg opened his mouth, Lucy was just like, oh, his accent's terrible. I'm like, it just we're American. We don't know. I, we don't really know. Got so me here's the, the, the accent thing is actually a, a big trivia a deal going on because he was trained by his wife to do the accent. And then they were like, well, this isn't actually factually correct on where Scotty would be from. And the, it turned into this whole thing where essentially they're like, in Star Trek rules, they're like, we're trying to do our best with a, a lot of the, the, the cultures and stuff. Sure. But it's supposed to more represent groups than it is anything else. This also goes into mm-hmm. um, why Alton, John yeah. Cho, who is Korean, playing a Japanese man. But... Uh, they got the okay from the original um, George Takai. From George, yeah, from George Takai. Yeah. And it's like, and his whole reasoning, he was just like, look, man, they're supposed to represent Asia. And it's like, okay, you know, we're boiling things down a little bit, but this is space times. This is the future. Everything's a little bit different. Exactly. Well, those, those, those didn't bother me quite as much as watching it back again. I'm like, why did they make poor Anton Yel- Yelchin do that stupid Russian accent what? the entire time? You didn't like it? It's great. just, it's just so much. It's there's just really? so there's a there's a couple of things in this movie that just are I'm like, nine oh. five Victor Victor two. I'm like, come on, that's he's great, so man. he's so lovable. Yeah, that, that's either uh, funny or totally racist, depending on who you are. Well, I was, yeah, another, I was in a room with two one. people who were like, wait, why did they do that? That's gross. And I was like, oh, I think it's funny. Well, I mean, that's also, also funny an homage to the original, original character, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that original character Polish. Like that's the thing is that it was a Polish accent that add, adds the uh, the W's to the the sounds there. Hmm. It's not I, Russian. I don't know where Yelchin's family is from. I mean, maybe they are Russian. And who am I? Who do I know? But like, but the original Chekhov. That's the thing about the Star Star Trek the the original series is that they all actually had those accents. They weren't actually doing them. They actually cast the guy that had, if I'm not mistaken, Chekhov. The original Chekhov had that accent. George Takei, of course, had no accent. And Scotty actually was Scottish. And so I don't think they, I don't think uh, Walter. Um, Damn it, now I'm forgetting all their names. But either way, I mean, like, again, these are some small gripes I have with this. But this movie, I I must have watched this 10 times already. And watching again over the weekend with D, 
it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. He just was like, let's have a let's make a fun movie. And I don't know if you have this in your casting news or not, but apparently, if I remember correctly, Tim, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, they were going back and forth as to who they wanted to be Kirk, and it was either going to be uh, uh, Chris Pine or Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. and then they ended up casting Chris Pine, and then everyone's like, "Oh, bye, bye, Chris Hemsworth, your career is dead." Yeah, here <laughs> we are. Dip, little dip. Yeah, right Chris. Now. Chris Pine described his first audition as awful, mainly because he could not take himself seriously as a leader. He was fortunate in that J.J. Abrams did not see the first audition, and readily agreed to another one after Pine's agent bumped into Abrams' wife and pushed for his client, and um, they ended up going with him mm-hmm. after a conversation between J.J. and Chris, where they're talking about kind of redefining the character and making it a bit more Han Solo-esque. Um, which see, but totally that's, see that's what movie. I think they did really good with this, right? Is that he embodies the sort of swagger and charisma of Kirk without doing a Kirk impression. And I mm. feel like that was what unfortunately happened with Han Solo, which they're like, let's just get a dude that looks like him and have him do his whatever weird off-brand Han Solo he could do. In this one, I feel like Chris Pine, one of the reasons why this all works is you see the original character sort of but in reality, like Zachary Quinto brings something completely different to Spock. He's way more emotional. He's a lot more charismatic than than Leonard Nimoy was in the original series. And, and even even so, in this, like Leonard Nimoy in this movie is not necessarily the Spock you see in, in in the first few movies that they did, or even in the original show. He's a lot more kind of plucky and having fun with a role here as a sort of like, hey, I'm Leonard Nimoy. Don't fuck with me. Um, exactly. But but in the original series, like you go back and watch Spock, he is he is one note. He is unemotional. He is there and that's why it was always so fun to watch kirk and spock go back and forth and kind of spar um but in this i feel like it's a younger cast they brought a better energy to it and they were like we're making an adventure film this is a space adventure film it's not necessarily about the science it's not necessarily about this and that let's just it's a it's cowboys in space let's go and i think it works we're, so well. we're gonna make you laugh we're gonna make you be on the edge of your seat i mean there's so many we're mo- like i just want to say uh, greg can you write this a note down uh so i could write down to all my uh, u.s representatives and and state senators can we get carl urban in every movie every movie he's every movie good. he's very good can I, god I damn i love I, him I, go ahead I, I, do you think that carl urban would make an amazing batman one day mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I'm in. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I really enjoy the movie a lot. I do have not problems as much as like the the what the middle of the third act. They're just like, hey, we need to get to Kirk taking over the ship and being yeah. in control. And they it's very bad. much it's it's very much like uh, and then uh, and then he just takes control. and Everyone's totally cool with it. Uh, Look, yeah. this is this is there we go. Can we get Carl over in every how oh, the hearts? We don't need the yeah, hearts. Yeah. We don't need the hearts. The hearts I need really them. say that. Uh, Nick, here. I'm sorry. I work for fucking Andy Cortez, not Nick Scarpino Coffee Industries, Beard Incorporated. All right. <laughs> 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 Nick Scarpino Coffee Industries. I hate when Greg does that. Beard Incorporated. Park, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm over here. I'm Mark McGuire, and I just tore the skin off that ball. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, to, to mirror Kevin's point, though, if you this is a typical – J.J. Abrams, Roberto Orsi, Alex Kurtzman movie, where if you stop to think about anything that's happening, you're like, none of this makes a lot of sense. For instance, like, if the Romulans are aware that they've gone back in time, why don't they just stop their planet from being destroyed in the first place? Why yeah, move, take move, your move. revenge? Why don't you go, oh, my God, we, we're 50 years in the past. We can totally stop this from happening. We can go well, show them the data and use this massive ship to, like, to like move Romulus. Or Romulan, Romulus, Romulus, I think his name is Plan. Um, that's evacuate the planet. I think it's Romulan. I think it's Romulus. They are Romulans. They are Romulans. Yeah, the Romulus. 
They're Tolkien lost. lost. It doesn't matter. Um, no, so that, that right there is completely ridiculous. Because um, you've gone but, and you've been back make... in the past. And the thing causing you all the emotional distress hasn't happened. You're like, oh, fuck, we're good, man. We went back in the past. This is dope. Well, uh, and then, of course, Kurt goes from being a cadet. Remember, he's a cadet at the beginning of this to the captain of the flagship of the of the of Starfleet within the span of like a half a week. That is three a little years. Ridiculous. Three years. That's wide privilege, dude. Like, let's no, I mean, like from the time that they go, we've got a distress signal. He's still a cadet. I don't think he's a lieutenant yet. I think he's still gotcha. in. Yeah, they, call him yeah. they call him cadet, and he's on um, he's on like probation. And then he goes from being basically he's not even like a, an ensign yet. To being to being made first officer by Pike in some weird throwaway line where he's like, "You're first officer," to which I replied, "I don't think I'm qualified for that." Yeah, like, that maybe, that's why you're not Kurt. That's why you're, that's why you're some red shirt. Yeah, Tim. Tim Gettys, do you remember Cadet Kelly? I do. I was I was gonna make a Cadet Kelly reference. Okay, so thank cool. you, thank you very Go much ahead. for that. Yeah. I was gonna ask, was Nick serving? I have a question for you, but wasn't it fucking cool? Oh, come on. It was fucking Again, cool. Is it not the coolest? <laughs> with, when is it not the coolest? And he goes, four years. I'll do it in three." No, God, the coolest stories, I mean, this first off, the movie is fucking. It's just a hype train. It's, it's a, fun it's a nonstop fucking hype train. There, are, there are a Thanks bunch of the score in this. Oh, it's this, relentless. Uh, yeah, it's. I remember first hearing that when it, after after the very like the very first scene, which we'll talk about, which I think is the fir- the way the best way to start an action movie ever. I think this is the best first scene of any fucking action adventure movie ever made. I know, and you can hold me to that, Greg Miller. Put that on the note for our senators and for our representatives. Wow. Please. I don't take uh, notes for you, Andy. I want to take a note for Nick once, but this is not a note. This <laughs> yeah. is not the one going to the senators. Okay. Okay. Would you like, would you note, like to work for Coffee Industries Beard Incorporated? <laughs> <laughs> you could be and good. baseball hat. <laughs> but there's another line in this that, I mean, first off, shout out to Bruce Greenwood. Again, perfect casting. He's played Batman a bunch of times. I love his voice. He's got such good stage presence when he's on screen. He has that great line where he realizes that Kirk needs to be in Starfleet. And he goes, your father was the captain of a starship for eight minutes and saved 200 lives. I dare you to do better. And that, that's such a fucking, it just gets you hyped. Like, he's yeah. like, fuck it, I'll do it for years. Ah, it's so good. Dude, so good. budget, a budget of 100, that, sorry. budget <laughs> of $150 million, a box office of $385.7 million. It was nominated for several awards, including four Academy Awards, ultimately winning for Best Makeup, making it the first Star Trek film to win an Academy Award. This was the 11th Star Trek movie, by the way. Green Screen Girl should have, you know, not had them win green that skin. Oscar. What did I say? Green Skinned? You said Green, you said green Screen Girl. You meant green no, skin. I, I think I I think my my you didn't like the green uh, discord, skin. I didn't think do it my for you? Discord fucked up. It didn't no. look good. It's an homage to another yeah. character. Yeah, I, I know it's an homage. It just didn't yeah. look good. <laughs> yeah, it, was a little, it was a little blotchy, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate this movie. Sure that scene for no reason. So fucking yeah, though. Oh no, there was reason. All right. I appreciate this movie so much because Star Trek to me was always like the the super nerd loser thing where it's like Star Wars is cool. Star Trek is like, eh, that's not for me. And I I know that you guys have watched the shows and stuff. I never did. If it was like if Star Trek was on UPN, I'm like, I am out. I'm waiting for Simpsons. That's all I want. See you later. And this movie, it really contextualized and made me give a shit. Uh, fully about the this cast of characters that I'd always known about enough from from pop culture and shit, but I think it combined it with the real timeline and all that stuff in a way that was interesting, even as a viewer that didn't know that history that much. Like once Spock showed up, the old Spock, it's like I know who you are, and the movie does a good job of explaining why that's important. All of that, it's just like such a great well-paced movie that makes you give a shit about characters that you didn't care about introduces you to them in a very guardians of the galaxy style that by the end when they're all together you're just like let's fucking go and the pacing is so relentless where every single moment the score is going crazy and it's matched with 
action on the screen that even if it's just characters talking, the dialogue is so quippy and fun that it's just continually moving. The scene where they're with when they meet Scotty and then uh, transport into the ship, they transport and then Scotty's in the thing and then starts going through the yeah. water. The movie's so always stressful. just moving and moving and yeah. moving and moving. And it's like, it doesn't give you time to, to stop and think. And it's funny because I think that when we look back at old blockbuster movies of the late 80s and early 90s, those kind of redefined what a blockbuster was. And I think that this movie and from 2009 kind of ushered in a new era of traditional movies, which in some ways made me look at this and be like, okay, like it's so predictable where it's going at all times that I love it, but it feels kind of like the archetype of where movies are at currently. So by the time we get to the third act, I was kind of just like, we're just going through the paces here at this point, but it was still fun and it hit all the notes it needed to. But it's just funny to kind of see this feel paint by numbers, but it kind of feels like the original thing that made that design. Yeah, I, sure, I right? feel like this movie was perfect until it gets to a part that I should love. But when they when they finally land on the platform after diving, I love that oh whole sequence. God, I love I love the dude sequence. like getting sucked under or whatever. But then the fight scene starts and it's like. Ah, this is kind of like this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, like I'm good at fencing, and then he knows how to like do a shit ton of taekwondo. Like the, like, the sword oh. was cool, but then like he yeah. did a crazy flip, and I was he like, all right, this is kind of falling apart right here, but it's still cool. Whatever, yeah. you know. I love that. I love that scene though, okay, and this is why I like that that Pike character, right? Because he was like, I, I I don't think I ever caught this originally. But like the whole point of him going onto the ship was to subversively like get those sneak those guys out of the ship without being seen so they could go attack the platform. And I like yeah. I mean obviously I figured it out, but like but that's such a great thing for him to do of like he's always thinking chess. He's always thinking two, three moves ahead. He's like, I gotta take these guys. And obviously Kirk is the most expendable person, but also the only person that can really get it done. So he's like, I'll kill two birds with one stone, put him down there. But I he's love not supposed to be here, right? When he when they're yeah. picking he's like, Who's got combat training? Kirk, you're not supposed to be here today. <laughs> but he also knows Kirk's a decent fighter because he saw him get into that sure. barroom brawl. So I love that. And, and I, I just love it. Yeah, I love John Cho in this is so mm. fucking good as Sulu. He's just so, so understated. Good, yeah. Like I, I have combat training. He's like, what kind of combat training do you have? Fencing. He's like, oh, we're fucked. We're fucked. And then there's the cowboy red shirt, which is hilarious. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Let's get into the plot. All right, hold on, Greg. Are you ready to? You, you know, you know when to yell, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See how fast right. my wife comes to close the window. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to space, or as we call it, the great unknown. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scientists know more about space than the ocean. That's fucked up when you think about it, man. Anyways, true. there was this movie Underwater. Nick, you remember this thing? You don't want to go down that. there and fuck with things that are underwater. Kristen oh, Stewart, didn't she learned a hard lesson. Don't trust anybody, even the guy from the newsroom. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Hear any? I heard really about the newsroom with Jeff Daniels. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> remember? He, well, the guy Jim is in uh, underwater. Remember? Uh, I do not remember, remember? that. TJ Miller's in there too. I digress, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this Greg is Miller. Star Trek. Greg Miller, you're one of my favorite people. Where you do this thing where you just like reference a movie. And you're like, you remember when it happened in this thing? And you're saying this as if Underwater was a movie from the fucking '80s. But it's a, didn't it come out like two <laughs> weeks ago? Yeah, we all just it, watched it. It's been on demand for, for a the while. Next but it came out last year. Okay, yeah. cool. it's a good movie. It was this year. It was this year, Nick. 
Generous. What a movie. I, yeah. Now, granted, I drink sometimes when I watch a movie, so it's a good sometimes. movie. But then I couldn't remember the ending the next day, and I had to have Jen explain it to me. And then I like kind of came back, and I was like, "Oh, that was just kind of a weak ending." She's like, "Yeah, no, this is Star Trek, and we're looking at the USS Kelvin, everybody. As you will now learn, that's why this is called the Kelvin Trilogy. Thanks, Nick Coffee Incorporated, Beer G. Wait, hold on." That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean. At the end, I dropped in. I try, I tried to pivot to Bear Jew because that's the well. I just popped in my head, but I'm referencing Glorious <laughs> Bastards now too with Brad Pitt. That's a weird one. But that's I why you're thinking. Hold on, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm making the connection. Yeah, Eli Roth was in that. Yes. Fuck. You know why though? I did it. I can actually get to this and why this just happened. If Let's you remember, the Nick, there's a Halloween photo of you and Damon Hatfield in Craig Baradon's house that I took, where yeah. you're Bruce Willis and yeah. Damon is uh, the Bear Jew. Yeah. And that's what I fucked up there, because I, I forgot that you were Bruce Willis, because you guys looked exactly the same, even though you had the beard. I, 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 I don't, ev- I don't ever want to know how the systems in your brain get connected. Like, I don't... You ever I don't, watch it, Interview, you understand this is exactly Greg, how it happens. Greg, it's like, when, it's like when they spoiled all of David Blaine's magic tricks... Yeah, David I don't want to know the magic, what right? I don't want. I don't want to be shown behind. What did you say? It's when they, it's like when they spoil. Who, who spoiled them? Like NBC. NBC. They NBC show had a, NBC had a special that was called like the way the magic is done, and they should they, they fuck up all his tricks, bro. Oh no. When they do that, I don't remember the mass magician on Fox. This is the USS Kelvin. Uh, it's going in space, the great unknown, which is fucked up that we know more about it than the water. And so it's out the there. He's thinking of the surface doing of the space moon, stuff. maybe the surface It's probably of picking up some kind of bacteria. I don't know what they do. They're on these weird missions to you know go out there and show America to fucking space or something. Or I've never heard of Show America to space. Um, and so there's some dude there, and he's the captain, and he's just like, this is fucking cool. And then no, there's a lightning the storm. And the bad like, guy from Iron Man. I love it. Remember he's the guy that gets sick in his ear. He's like, Ugh. and he's like, oh, oh, Tony, you guys don't understand here. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the guy that put Tony in the cave in Iron Man. Oh, <laughs> he was working with Obadiah Stane. You thought he was just like the he, well, he was the second banana, and then Obadiah took him out or whatever. Yeah. Man, Iron Man. I, I, just, like, I thought it was cool. Like I popped out. Like, I was like, oh, you're the captain. Of the well, that's the that's the entire thing about this movie. Is you go through, you're like, man, everybody's in this because like everybody this is. is just that time where this is like a time capsule for everyone who's in that movie. I digress. Um, we're going through the thing. Everybody's out there doing their thing. Oh, uh, cool. There's a lightning storm. Like, what the fuck's this lightning storm? Then this weird, like, octopus fucking looking ship comes through. And they're like, this thing's fucking huge. And it, I think it might fire on them a bit. I forget. But they're like, oh, shit, this is fucked up. Oh, it and, fucks them up, yeah. Yeah, right. And it's like cracking shit and blowing stuff. And they're like, oh, man, this is fucked up. And it stops firing. And they come on. And it's like, oh, we want to talk to the guy over there or whatever. I think it's actually the underling from uh, Westworld. That guy from Westworld. Remember him? It's the guy it's, from Westworld. It's the guy from 187. Which, if you ever saw that movie with Samuel L. Jackson, was terrifying. Where he plays a gangbanger and Samuel L. Jackson plays a teacher that goes crazy in L.A. And, and playing Russian roulette at the end and blowing each other's heads off. It's fucking I didn't great. see that, but that, that would make sense for this guy. Because he's a good character actor. He's, he's a great in, character. In Westworld, he's the one that rides with Ed Harris for a while. Like he had Oh, yeah. Anyways, and he's like, you got to come over here and fucking talk to us. In and Mexico. Like, he's the, Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to do this or whatever, but I got to go do this. So he's like, all right, cool. And so he turns to Mr. Kirk and he's like, Mr. Kirk, you're the captain now. And he's like, well, I'm just, I'm fucking Thor. And he's like, doesn't matter, Thor, you're the captain now. He's like, oh shit, okay. And so from there, uh, he goes over to the ship and he gets over there and we see, and he's like, if I'm not back in 15 minutes, just fucking ab- get the hell out of here. Just abort, get everyone get, out of here. Yeah. Get everyone out of here you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he's like, okay, oh, cool. Just to stop right there, sorry, Greg. I love I, this scene so perfectly establishes like the visual language of Star Trek. There's 
it's the cameras constantly moving. We're getting the, I mean, this is where the, the meme of the JJ Abrams lens flare completely comes into play where you're like, there's no fucking way human beings could do their work with that many lens flares popping into your eye at any given time. I'd be like, can we just shut some of the lights off? I can't see anything. No, but no, I love what I love when the captain walks in and he sees that the, the, the sun's right in front of him and he goes, polarize, polarize the view screen. And he goes, Whoosh. and I'm like, did, did someone else couldn't call that order out? You don't have a fucking ensign. That's like, it's that's my job to make sure the sunscreen goes down. <laughs> the on the one dude who's like, I oh, don't know. It's too bright. Lower it. Right, guys. This is the problem overall with all this with all this Star Trek technology and uh, rigmarole and command structure is they can't they can't think for themselves at all. Everybody knows that. You know what I mean? It's fair. I think I don't know if it's in this point or if it's in the next point, but they get they get uh, attacked at one point. And I I think it was a cool uh, decision from the sound design aspect where someone gets sucked out into space and it goes silent. That was here. And it's so fucking cool. They do it a couple times in this. Showing some Um, stakes. Yeah. They do. They do it one time here, I think, and then I think they do it again, or maybe they do it again when the kid's being born. When they you drop, hear his, mm-hmm. you hear his uh, his son cry for the first time. You hear Kirk cry, and that's what breaks through the silence and the music. It's so well done from a sound uh, design perspective. Uh, meanwhile, here, uh, Captain uh, Thor, you're in charge. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm very Australian and hot. And so then, like, the captain goes to the other ship, and he comes in there, and he's like, for some reason, Nero isn't going to talk. And, like, he's talking to the guy from Westworld. And he's like, hey, like, I want to talk to the captain. He's like, well, and he's, well, and they're back. And he's like, finally, he's like, you know, what about Ambassador Spock? Yeah, who wants to go? Greg, if you and Kevin were on this ship, yeah. you would absolutely stand back there with, like, the poo-poo face with your cool spear. Why does he have a trident? It's weird. And then Ke- you'd make Kevin do all the negotiating for you. Right after oh, that. I would make Kevin do all the negotiation now. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, it doesn't exactly. matter. I don't have to be in a life-or-death situation. Put the little brainstem guy in his butt. You know what I mean? It it'll get, it'll still oh, yeah. work its way to the brainstem, it'll still get there. but it's going to yeah. go the longer path. Even through his mouth, Kevin, how's it, I need some science with Kev. How, if I drop a brain slug into your mouth, how's that getting over to your brainstem? It burrows through your I throat. Mean, yeah, I that's mean, what I, I, right? I Yeah, that, that's going to kill you, right? So yeah, didn't yeah, kill that, bite, was, though. that was it kind of an homage, more... by the way, to the Wrath of Khan, where they put the things in their ears. Whoa. Yeah, the earworms or whatever. It right? would make more sense if it was an ear or a nasal thing. But right? even then, it's going to burrow through your eardrum, right? And it's gigantic, too, Kevin. into your thing. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Maybe, we'll get to that later. Yeah, <laughs> we will it's, get to that later. It's, it's also not like that big. Enough. It's like that big. Yeah, but I, you gotta imagine it's like jelly consistency. You know what I mean? Anyway, so they're over there, and he's like, "Have you seen Ambassador Spock?" And they're and he's like, "What are you? I don't even know who this man is. What do you? This this looks like a future man." And they're like, "What's the star date?" He's like, "What the star date? Where are you people from?" Yeah, exactly. It's Tuesday, or whatever. Right? <laughs> I forget if they, I know, yeah, they fucking try, tried in this motherfucker right there asking too many questions. Yeah. And he's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking drops and immediately back on the ship it says terminated on his body. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine we're over there. Yeah, we send Nick to talk to somebody. We have little screens just as terminated. Like, holy shit. <laughs> How long would you mourn my death, Greg? How uh, there's long? no time to mourn. There's no time to mourn. Uh, no, the, the way, the way the Nero fights and moves in this movie is so weird because, like, he does this trident throw, right? Which is super dramatic. Later in the movie, when he's fighting with uh, with Chris Pine, like Chris Pine's laying on this like platform that's pretty far from him, and it looks like he's about to run and jump over the platforms, but he doesn't. He like runs all the way around, and yeah, it just like, like takes it. super long. Well, first off, I'm not I'm not going to say that Romulans need to have a little bit more safety guidelines, but this ship looks terrifyingly dangerous. But- there are just platforms that fall off into nothing. Nick, sure, you know? there's a point where Chris Pine jumps. He actually does the long jump where he jumps and falls how long, catches himself barely, and then the Romulan like literally hops over, lands perfectly in front of him. You see just see his feet, 
and it like yeah. pans out and he picks him up by the throat and he's like, you guys are weak. Romulans like they don't gotta fuck around. Like they're not gonna fall. They're well, then why did Nero follow that up with him running like a idiot? He just wanted to be Romulan. dramatic because he had the big coat also, on, you know. Oh yeah, but you got you wear a trench coat. You got to jump in slow motion. Hundred percent. But remember, Kevin Romulans also gave us Romulan ale, which is a really potent uh, alcoholic beverage. And you got to assume that a couple of those guys, after twenty five years of being in the ship together, got a little hammer, just fell off the fucking. Oh just yeah, fell I off mean that's it's right. the kind of thing that like it gives them something to do. Like how, to meet up once a year and be like, so hey, did you George on the other side? There and he sees Terminator and he's like, we got to fucking go. You know what I mean? He starts flipping switches and knobs and people are going like they got weird things in their ears and weird things on their eyes. And they're all just morons. They can't do anything unless he says to do it. And he's like, oh, fucking do this and do that. And then finally he's like, fucking evacuate. We have to get everybody the fuck out of here. Everybody to the shuttle bay. Do, do, do. We're going to fucking evacuate out of this thing. And I'm going to autopilot this bitch right into this Romulan asshole. Right. And then we'll fucking. This will be done. Federation business concluded. We've explored space. And so everybody starts panicking and they're running and people, it's very much like airplane. Remember the movie airplane, Nick, this is an old one where people just run around arms up, tits out. Like everything's just fucking fripped. It's bad over there. It's bad news bears on the Kelvin. And so eventually uh, his wife gets wheeled out and she's one of the people from that movie. That's not, or the show that's not grim, but it's about fairy tales. Huh? She was in house. Yeah. What's the one I'm thinking? That's not the one. Was she the, the girl in house? The, she w- she was not the fairy tale grim show I just talked about yesterday. There was oh, a different you're fairy Once tale Upon a Time, I think. Was she in Once Upon, Once a, upon time? a Time? Once Upon a Time, the chat was saying. Yeah. Okay, well, she's in Once Upon a Time, right? And she was the daughter of Snow White. Spoilers, I think. Doesn't matter. She's getting wheeled out, and she's got blonde hair, and she used to be in house, and she's clearly pregnant. She's like, <laughs> you know, doing all the stuff you do yeah. when you got to feel like. Because let me tell you, I haven't been to a Lamaze class yet, but I feel like I've watched enough on TV to get it. I get it. You know what I mean? Fucking breathe. You know, think about watermelon or something. I don't know. And so they're wheeling her out there, and they and they got the and she's like like Nick on a speakerphone, just talking, driving his Honda. And so they're all like, oh, "Wait, you fucking Kirk? Where are you, George Kirk? Where are you?" And he's like, oh, "I gotta, I'm gonna be there in a second, getting the fucking thing." She's like, "He's coming, my baby's coming." He's like, "All right, getting the thing," and they get him and her in the thing, and everybody else is getting in their things. And fucking Thor, he's looking at shit like this. He's like, "Oh man, this shit's on fire. This is all real, man." And then he goes to do 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 for, and then it says autopilot's like fucked, bro. You can't do this. It's fucked. And he's like, fuck. All right, cool. So he sits back down at the joysticks, and he he calls down to the shuttle that his wife's on. He's like, fucking go. And they're like, you're not on here. And he's like, it's in order. Go. And he's like, whatever. Thor shuts the thing. And she's like, wait, Thor's not on the fucking thing. Thor, help. And she she calls, and he's like, I got can't come. I got to do this. And he sets like a trajectory for the Romulan asshole ship. And, the, and he's and he's all like and she's like okay cool like we're going but can you not make it and he's like I can't make it sorry I had to do this is the only way you could survive and like Nick said there's like silence and then he, the Kirk cries there's that screaming. moment there's the moment too where you, you see like a couple rockets like going at the ship and he like shoots yeah. them down and it's like oh down, yeah. fuck he was right he proves his point yeah proves all his point. All yep. Yeah. So finally, this kid pops out, and it's Captain Kirk, and, uh, and they're like, "What do we?" She's like, "We should. What are we? What are we going to call him?" You know, because <laughs> Thor's trying to have Kirk. these moments, right? He's trying to have these fucking moments, right? He's like, "What are we going to call him?" She's like, "Captain Kirk is through on the nose." Yeah. <laughs> should we call him? So if he becomes if he becomes a captain, we'll call him Captain Captain Kirk. Is that what's going to be? <laughs> she says, "Why don't we name him after your father?" And he goes, "No, Tiberius. It's a terrible name." He says, "It's uh, what the a worst." He goes, "Tiberius. No, that's the worst. Let's name him then, after your dad. Let's exactly." Call him Jim. Mm-hmm. So they call him Jim. Uh, they have a one last I love you, and then he just rams straight into this asshole. Just, pff, you know what I mean? But like, apparently, they're fucking unfazed. They just disappear totally. for like 20 some odd years. 
So in in the deleted scenes, apparently that really fucked up the ship and allowed them to be taken over by the Klingons, where they were put in like a Klingon prison planet. There's one there's Reference one shot of um of what's his name Nero, where he's 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 looks back at the camera and he's shirtless, like breathing heavily. Apparently that was from the prison planet sequences that they filmed, but they decided it didn't need to so, be in. They, they so they yeah. have the line where they talk about them breaking, like someone broke out of the yeah. prison. That's what wow. she. That's what Zoe yeah. translates, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was what that's what that's how they explain. Basically, they had to figure out how to fucking wait 25 years for Kirk to grow up and fight these guys, which, again, when you start thinking about it, you're like, OK, they sure. They should have just pushed him back into the black hole. And I mean, like, like it popped I, I out don't know, somewhere but else. Either way, I'm talking about that's what it didn't happen. Right. right. They, what they got, they got hit and stayed there, got captured by Klingons. Twenty five right. years later, they get out. They take the same ship back to the same spot to just wait for Spock, who shows up Correct. pretty quickly. Correct. Is that Correct. why so the, that, the Klingons have cloaking technology? I don't know. I don't know how that. I don't know why they worked Klingon that out. But I just know that they were like that. We don't really need this in there, and they have the one throwaway line where it was like we broke out, and then Ohura's signal. So I, I think they actually you can see deleted scenes on on the Blu-ray where it's actually Klingons. You see Klingons and stuff like that. But I think that one of the things that he mentioned was like he was like we couldn't figure out a good look for the Klingons. We wanted to bring them up. Just I don't know. So they just I guess ended up. Uh, Did they go out. with the super hardcore look like Discovery or like the way more tame look like uh, the original series? I can't, I can't remember offhand. I just hope yeah. they still have the dope ass like hair, like the share hair. Yeah. Like yeah. The, like the kiss hair, or like the Lobo hair. <laughs> sure, the Lobo. Uh, hair. From space we go to planet Earth where we will go to Iowa. Where Wait, we before are. we get before we do that though, of course we have we have to talk about this. The ship it starts to list off into space, right? And you hear that you hear the clicking, right? And that little bit of a song was like bum 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 bum, oh and then God. you hear the timpanis come in, and it is like someone, it is like a a, a a fucking group of horses coming over the Rio Grande, in as the sun is setting behind them. It is the most outrageously grand theme anyone's ever done for anything and it's it goes from zero to 60 and then just keeps going like this second and at first i watched this i was like i don't like that at all and then by this by the time it crashed i was like this is the greatest movie ever made this michael jichikako or whatever his last name is did a fucking great job with this thank you and we're in iowa now uh and it's like you know iowa so it's flat but then there's some space shit over there and uh then like this super good looking car races out there and nick this is what like a 46 mustang convertible gt 27 quad core it was probably early early six years before that okay and so it races out into this dirt road and like obviously you're looking like that's no man driving and that's a little boy (laughs) that's not right it is like driving is different in the future and they don't apparently are not First off, they did such a great job, such a great job casting this movie, except for this kid who is just why did they have to dye his hair strawberry blonde? That looks weird. Then he passes by a kid. He was like, what's up, Jimmy? And, and, the, and, and the kid looks over at him and the kid that he passes by looks exactly like a young Chris Pine. And I'm like, why didn't you just make that kid? The, the 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 Captain Kirk character, as opposed to this like fucking weird. He looked like this kid looks more like he belongs in in uh, Home Improvement than he does in this movie. And the wig it's they put the this poor thirty seconds. Nick's terrible. biggest problem with the film is him. It's just this scene is bad. I, I hate this fucking scene. I hate it. Well, remember, it's supposed to punch you in the face. You weren't expecting this because as he drives, he's driving the convertible, and the weird Nokia phone rings, and it's his dad. Who's that? Who is his dad? He's the it's same guy. Greg Grunberg. Who had to turn down a role in the film due to other commitments. However, Grunberg was worked into the movie during post-production, voicing his father. Because uh, Greg Grunberg is J.J. Abrams' good luck charm. What 
possible fucking other commitments could Greg Grunberg have this that's better commitment. than being in the 2009 Star Trek movie? That's surely going to be the most popular Were movie. Were they trying the to bring year. back heroes at some point? Maybe it was that. Uh, I'd have been like, no, I don't want to be in this. That You fucked up the cheerleader. We lost. We didn't save the cheerleader or whatever the fuck it is. They did that. And apparently... Some apparently Ali Larder was in this movie, this this series the whole time. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> but man, Hiro's could have been something special. You know what I mean? Hiro Nakamura, been. remember that? Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. Oh God, I love it's that. It's your time. Um. So yeah. Anyways, he drives in. Then yeah, uh, Parkman calls. And he's all like, "Mom, I'm mad at you." And he's like, "He because he, he, he's his stepdad." He's like, he hangs up on him, and then he fucking puts on music, and it's Beastie Boys. Right? And he hit it. Yeah, the music just never got better than this. This is what they'd be listening to in this day and age. I love it. And he's like, wow, I'm driving this thing real fast. Yeah, he drives by Jimmy or whoever the fuck it is. He pops the top off and it gets all yanked up and thrown down. And you're like, he's going to get in trouble for that. It's going to get yeah. worse. Wait, what was the year again? 46, maybe a 35. No, no, no. The year that, that we're in. It was 25 years from the first thing, right? Okay. Or no, it would have been. Less than I'm that. thinking, been, like, we're listening to Beastie Boys like and using Nokia's. How does a star date work? Does anybody know? I have no, no idea. idea. No clue. I think it's Just like speaking the, Elvish. I'll look it up. Thank you. Please do. Uh, the, the convertible top gets blown away. Some robot cop comes up. He's like, citizen, stop. You know what I mean? This is like lame RoboCop, not cool RoboCop who would shoot your dick off. Uh, he just lets them keep driving recklessly and very underage. Um, he you know, pulls a quick right, and he goes down a dirt path, and the cops are like, I'm so coming for you. I'm a dumb robot. And so they're driving. The music's going. Everybody's like, yeah, this is cool. And like James is just rebelling. And I guess at seven or whatever he is, six, I can't identify kids' ages. It's troublesome. Uh, he <laughs> is this kid three? Kid three? Is this kid 21? Do I buy him a beer? I'm not well, sure. Well, I think the kid is 10, I but I think the wig that he's wearing is only like six months old. So. <laughs> so he's fucking tootalooing driving away and like and we see there's a big old gap there a rip from tremors what a rip off you know what i mean and so there's this big old chasm there and he's just driving <laughs> right and at the last second he yanks the wheel to the right right and he's the emergency brake and all this shit and it starts sliding he jumps out and it's like slow-mo and the car tumbles off and he is and he stops himself and he pulls himself back up and dumb robocop who did nothing this entire time right walks up you want to talk about defunding the police defend these people you know what i mean this robot's doing nothing all this robot is this robot probably caused it first off is it a person yeah it's a person he's yeah. got a, a cool like helmet you know what I mean? he succeeded nothing my kid steals my car and some robot cop is chasing him i'm gonna want that robot cop to take a dive in front of the Nuking. car stop it you know what yeah. I mean? I've seen the T-1000 go after cars. Why doesn't this robot car jump on to the robot cop, jump it's on the car? And then it's like, not a robot. <laughs> Why is he dressed like a robot? Why is it cool. the future? I, I do want to call out immediately, like, uh, all of the the sort of tech and future landscape that JJ is using. It's so cool. I, I love how it's how... You know, I, obviously, Iowa's this flat plain, but then we have those really cool buildings in the background. And then the way the motorcycle looks, and there's a bunch of, there's a couple of other scenes where they show kind of sweeping city shots. And I just love the way that JJ's future looks. It's it's so fucking awesome looking. The motorcycle, now, yeah. the motorcycle sound effect is the same sound effect they used in the Jetsons for the cars that fly. Oh, that's really oh, cool. Yeah. And then we get that's the moment, cool. like, who are you, citizen? And he, he talks like a robot, but he's not a robot. Anyways, uh, and he's like, I'm James T. Kirk. Oh that's cool Tiber- like, Tiberius 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 he says his middle name too I'm like Why he say Tiberius? 
Because it's a dope name. I'm going to own that. Greg, you know when a I mean? cop pulls you over, do you go, I'm Gregory James Miller? Listen here, Nick. I'm going to be a cold day in hell before a cop pulls me over. All right. I drive. <laughs> they they don't know how to moves I'm going to make out there. Take you know, I can do anything to hell. I do the same thing in a car, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They call you the, the dance man. You dance in that car. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> the dance man. Miller. That's what they call me, Andy. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right so from there we go to the planet vulcan this is where all the vulcans live surprising i know uh we get there and there's like this old place that like clearly they used to make big old beach balls in, but now they've turned it into some kind of science yes, it was in fact yeah, it's the beach ball factory of vulcan it's very popular in star trek the original series <laughs> so they shove them all in these half beach balls and they just project shit and questions and they're asking them stuff all the day like you know what does chlorophyll do <laughs> What Where does the wind go? Where does the wind go when it's dark? Is that what you said? Where does the wind go when Where it's dark? Where does the wheel go on the car? Is what I said. Oh, okay. These Where kids are like, oh, go when the actual, oh, chlorophyll makes plants green and the oxygen or something. <laughs> and that kid gets thrown into space. You know what I mean? Like, you get out of here, you dumb Vulcan. <laughs> Gray, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, so juxtaposed to the scene prior, which I felt was like completely ridiculous and outlandish. I love this scene. I think this perfectly sets up where Spock is emotionally yeah. for this movie. And I think we're seeing a different Spock here, right? We're seeing a Spock that's, that is having problems with his emotions. And we saw that a little bit in the movies and a little bit in the series too. But for the most part, like Vulcans have always been, it's always been a question in my mind as to like, are they biologically able to turn off their emotions or is it just like a meditative thing? But in this, dude, he fucks this kid up and then he has a great choreography where he slides down the side of it yeah, and then awesome. mounts him and starts fucking beating so yeah, shit out of him and the other kids are like oh we're not gonna put this guy Spock nails yes, all his questions he knows where the shoes go yeah uh, just some Leonard Nimoy facts here. The reason that he signed on for this movie was that he liked that this was a new take on Spock and they were diving into this whole Vulcan human like kind of what that actually yeah. would mean for the character um, during filming Roberta Orsi and Alex Kurtzman asked Leonard Nimoy to voice the title character in the next scripted film Transformers Revenge of the Fallen uh, directed by Nimoy's relative by marriage Michael Bay as we all know from Transformers in review now the weird thing here to think about is that the writers of this movie also wrote the Transformers, Transformers movie. Movie. that yeah, should yeah, say right. a lot about like like it's not the writer's fault necessarily. No, I mean, we shouldn't on. also give them credit necessarily. Exactly. It's a whole team thing, and a lot of people can fuck things up. I'll tell you um, what. What if Star Trek had Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> what if maybe maybe quarantine? If I'm not mistaken, I think they also wrote Picard, Quarant which is unfortunate. Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. So, so according Tarantino. according to them. Bay was nervous about approaching a high-profile relative to carry out a minor voicing role. However, Nimoy had voiced the robot Galvatron in the original Transformers movie in 86 and was enthusiastic about doing another Transformers film. Unfortunately, Nimoy had other commitments, so he didn't get to do it until Dark of the Moon, where he was Sentinel Prime. But in this movie, they, the writers decided to give him a tribute. That's why he is credited in the film as Spock Prime as a tribute to Optimus Prime. No, that's cool. Uh, I, yeah, Greg, I was with you. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> I was kind of like wondering where Tim's facts are going, but it all meets up. I, I, I like the beginning when it seemed like he was just going to use it as a defensive Transformers, which I I appreciate as his accent. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I have no defensive Transformers. Transformers. 
Um, so yeah, like Nick already said, you know, Slock, Slock, Spock slays it. Slock, that means Spock slays. He gets up though, and he's all like little and small and annoying. And then these other bullies come over, and he, they walk up, and he's like, I, I assume you have prepared new insults for today or whatever. And they're like, Yeah, we did. And they're, but they still say it all Klingon or no, I'm sorry, Vulcan of like, you know, logical and shit. And they keep poking at him, poking at him, poking at him. And it's basically, yeah, revealed here, of course, he has a, he's half human, he has his human mom, which to my, here's my question to you then, Nick. You were saying you always wondered if it was like yeah. nature or nurture on the hey you know hide all your emotions thing do you think these other kids have similar emotions or is this a is this I a thing that it's they, half human side they make a mention of him going to the science academy and doing the the thing the, like the the ritual ceremony and i can't remember i don't know that enough about the vulcan like in star trek but i think at some point they dedicate themselves to it and then it is just a never ending pursuit of keeping your emotions at bay okay. because if i'm not mistaken i think the lore is that they are the same bloodline as the romulans but the romulans yeah. decided not to do that and mm-hmm. are fucking crazy rage machines right. and have are constantly having war with themselves and constantly having war with everyone around them. And so the Vulcans split off from them and said, we need to find a way to get control of our emotions peaceful, yeah. and thus be peaceful. And that's what started them off on this this transition of no emotions. Yeah, I, I do love that initial piece of dialogue where, you know, the kid's like, are you talking shit about me or whatever? And the other Vulcan is like, affirmative. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Andy, Andy, how much would you like to eat these kids lunch? Where you're like, you can't talk shit, son. I'm from the RGV. And then you start fucking with their Uppercut shoes. Cut them, dude. <laughs> so yeah, they, they they beat up each other a little bit. Like you said, Spock slides down the thing really cool. Beats the kid so up cool. in his beach ball factory. Uh, eventually, this gets stopped, though. And it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, this is upsetting. You have a half-human mother. From there, we get a little bit of a time jump. Uh, it's Spock getting ready to go in to see the academy or whatever they are, the, the you know the grading board of a- uh, aliens. And like outside is his mother, Winona Ryder. What up, Winona? No, but like this is the okay. This is another thing that I was like, this is an interesting choice. I looked it up. How much? How far away from each other do you guys think they are age wise? I know that. Uh, hold on, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. Well, they made her look old. So I mean, she's uh, twenty. Years. Like, let me guess. Eight, twelve or eight. Five. What? Oh, fuck. She's, 40, she's 48. He's 43 right now. Hey, they Get put some the stuff on her face. They, made her, they put gray in her hair. They Maybe, made her no, yeah. but what's his face? Zachary, what, what's his name? Quinto. Quinto. He looks real Quinto? young. He looks real yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. They did a good job making him look that. It was just an odd young choice. You know why, though, Nick? Why is that? They, I have no they idea did it. They, they did it because originally the movie was going to open with a cutting between the the Kirk being born scene and a Spock being born scene. Uh, so and Winona younger. Ryder was going to be a lot more focused on. And that was going to be her when she was young, and then they were going to age her up. So, oh, uh, interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I just thought I just thought it was weird. She just pops up, and I was like, "That is that her sister? What, who the fuck is like? Why is Does she, she so young?" Spock? No, Winona Ryder. Oh, I don't know. I just thought I just they just look very close in age is all. I thought I always thought that was really off putting, but that makes sense what Tim just said. We can move yeah. on now. I, I digress. Uh, Greg, can you strike that from the record, please? Stricken. Thank you, Greg. Um so yeah, he's talking to Winona Ryder out there and he's like, Hey mom, is I'm gonna go be a full Vulcan and I hope that like this is cool with you and I hope it doesn't reflect badly on you that I'm gonna shit all my emotions out after I eat this green apple. <laughs> and I'm gonna be just full on Vulcan. I assume that was the pop after he gets his little ipad from the old man that was what's gonna happen and she's like no you eat that apple don't worry about it you shit those emotions out i understand i, I still love you and i always will <laughs> you know, I always love emotions out. <laughs> and so he's like oh i have 20 years 
And so he walks on into the judging chamber and there's all these old guys up there and it looks like Krypton. And they're like, all right, cool. Like, you know, you have exemplary scores and you have this thing and you were also like accepted into Starfleet. We see and he's like, well, yeah, it's only logical to make many things, to have many things, to have options. And they're like, yeah, but it was totally unneeded. You have done it. You're, you get to be a full band. You're going to be on the Vulcan band here. You're going to play bass or whatever. And he's like, well, that's fucking dope. Thank you. And it's like, it's no problem. We're impressed. And plus, you know, you had to overcome your, uh, what does he call it? Deficiencies or whatever. And they say, so here's your fucking iPad. And he's like, wait a second, what the fuck are you talking about deficiencies? He's like, oh, sure. well, of course, you're, you're fucking half-human mom or whatever. You're a, you're a mudblood, bitch. Yeah, you're a mudblood over there, right, from the Harry Potter interview series that was super successful. Yeah. And uh, he, he's like, uh, okay, cool, you know what, I've changed my mind. I'm going to go be in Hold Starfleet. On. And yeah, I'm going to reject this. Yeah, go ahead. I just love that. Not Mudblood, not from Harry Potter, from Harry Potter interview series. Hey, man, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like we came up with the term I'll take that. Uh, uh, I, so, I love this sequence though because he's like no no Vulcan has ever denied like has never not had like given access has, has, sure. has ever denied us and he goes well as seeing as I'm half human your record will remain clean and I so think that's cool. such a cool fuck you like uh, the better fuck you is right when he does the live long and prosper or whatever long there, and prosper, like, he totally says like, fuck you and you're like I can read between lines I understand that yeah, and then Spock and i assume and then he's like i don't need to shit out these emotions great i'll just hide them with this banana <laughs> but that'll be told later in the movie <laughs> and so instead we go back to iowa where there's a bar and it's fucking popping greg People remember last night on the stream where you were like when fran was like everyone keep it pg and then he got up to go to the bathroom and you immediately asked me how many bananas that you think i could eat without chewing <laughs> you fucking weirdo you mean you whole or <laughs> just sucking it down whole Kev. that was what he meant. I, love, I love that that to nick that's not pg anyways we're in iowa now it's a bar everybody's there in their red coats right because they're all cadets and they're there to party because they're going to ship out we don't know that but they're going to ship out and so everybody's there and it's big big time fun times and so uh at the bar uh gamora walks over and she's like hey i'm a whore in this movie and can i get like 900 drinks or whatever includes including a budweiser classic and uh guys and then uh, uh there's an alien dude and then next to him is uh steve trevor from wonder woman and he leans in he's like that's a lot of drinks for one person or whatever and she's like and a shot of jack and he's like get two put them on mine and she's like i'll pay for it and he's like i never got your name and what's your name and they, they they're going back for i think he heard a horror maybe at this point or hadn't i don't know but he doesn't have her first name and so there's this alien in between them and then eventually he gets up and he walks over there and uh she's like all like blah 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 and he's all blah 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 blah, blah. and uh i like the just, alien makeup i like i love the alien prosthetics here sure. like uh like it it's just really cool and oh, unique looking face guy yeah long face guy and also oh, shout really out bad. to the woman given uh the, the delivery woman uh who's who's given birth she's helping uh kirk's mom give sure. her eyes to him yeah uh the yeah the eyes that were used Wait, really I, I, like that, that's so funny. I, there was this moment where she looks up and it looks it's like freaky. she's got an Instagram filter on. Like it's not cool. great at tracking the, like her, where her eyes should be. Kind of seem like they're floaty. So it's oh, just interesting. I, that, I yeah. thought it just looked cool. I just thought it looked like this is what their interpretation of what uh, an alien being would be. I, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so eventually, though, I forget. He, she asked him some question. He's got the an answer. And it's like a question only the Starfleet kind of kids would know. She's like, oh, I, I thought it was a dumb hick in this town. And she and, uh, and fucks farm animals. And he's like, all, all the time. And he's like, not all the time. And that's a funny joke. And then, of course, some big cupcake guy walks in. They call him Cupcake. And he's like, what, is this guy bothering you or whatever? And he's like, there's no problem. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's no problem. Is, this guy, is he one of JJ's friends or something? Because, like, he's not a good actor. He, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what this dude's deal is. But they could have picked any other good 
actor, and this guy just kind of felt like he was a friend of the family. <laughs> they I feel like they could have picked any character. mediocre actor, and it would have been an improvement, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe he wanted Greg Grunberg to play this role. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm too busy fucking bringing back Party of Five or whatever. I'm Greg Grunberg. Maybe for the stunt, they needed like a stunt guy. Well, this guy know. just was a big ham bone. I think that was the whole point of having him. He's just a big fucking dumb lug. But he, but he didn't look like a tough dumb guy. He just looked like a friendly jolly kind of tough shit guy. tall guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So what fun gets- thing here, a little a little fact about her name. Um, I thought it was weird. Like it was, it's a fun plot of like him trying to get her first name. But I thought that it it reached its point where it's like, okay, how many times are we going to reference this? And I feel like the final delivery of like when he finally gets the first name revealed, I was like, that seems a little bit weird. But there's some context that I think makes it interesting. This film finally establishes her as first name in Star Trek canon as Neota. Uh, Gene Roddenberry never came up with a first name for her while Star Trek: The Original Series was in production, and as only live action TV series and films are considered canon. Non-canon materials such as novels invented their own first names. Uh, Neota, which is the word for star, was first used in 1982, but it was never actually canon. So this movie made her first name canon. Man, so for all the nerds out there, would be like, this, oh, okay, this so Roddenberry guy, what a hack, huh? What a <laughs> yeah, hack! Man. Give her a fucking mean, first Jesus. name, man. Jeez. Um, a fight ensues here, and people and Kirk gets his ass kicked for the most part. He gets so many, but then people start teaming up on him, right? And there was a thing too of like. There's four of us, and he's like, oh, I get some more guys. We'll be an even fight. Yeah, uh, <clears> but it pops off. He gets a few good shots in there, but he doesn't stand down. You know, that's the biggest thing about it. Um, and all shit goes crazy or whatever, and it goes south. And then eventually the fight gets broken up, right? Pike, is this when Pike walks? Does Pike break up the fight when he comes Pike in? whistles, and he goes, you whistle yeah, really loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was, that was um, from there, it's uh, Pike trying to convince Kirk to come to Starfleet. Uh, Kirk's got his, you know, uh, the tampons up his nose because his nose is all bloody, and he's sitting there drinking more beer, just getting hammered still. And Pike's like, you know, you you're I, wasting your potential here. I love I love this scene because he starts he starts it off sitting there, and he goes, I couldn't believe it when I looked you up. And he goes, he's like, couldn't believe who you were when I looked you up. And he goes, who are you? And he goes, your father's son, which is such a fucking cool way to start. This a guy, pet man, he's the best. Like father figure character possible like just this actor the way he delivers all of his lines the way he's written exactly you're just like i believe in you so much and he believes in him this is great yeah you could tell you could tell they've had a pass or like at least he and his father had a pass yeah and it's just all like all the context is there it's so like perfectly well written and just like kevin said in such a uh, short amount of time you believe all of this it reminds me of obi-wan kenobi like the original uh, a new hope obi-wan kenobi where it's like you hear about it there's the message and it's just like luke it's like oh uh like Ben, like, what are you talking about? And then when you see him for the first time, and he starts saying the stories about the Clone Wars and his dad and all the stuff. It's like you just immediately are just like this. This kid's gonna learn from this guy, and this yeah. movie does that very well. Such a well, such a good job. And <clears throat> sorry. So from there, um, yeah, again, like you're saying, all, it, Pike did his dissertation in on this whole study of what went wrong uh, with the with Kelvin, Kelvin and how, yeah, like Nick already said, I, I thought it was, you know, in eight minutes, he, he said, saved 800 lives or something. Said, like, I pulled up the quote. I said, your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives. I dare you to do better. What a fucking rat. Say, it's a good one. It's a good he, line. He saves a whole ship in like the first like five minutes of being on the ship. So that's pretty impressive. He sure does. Yeah. And he made yeah. it three, which is great. But then I also love this moment where he's where at the end of this where Pike's like he's like are we done here he goes I am and he stands up and he's like he has a, he has a, he says this line and then he walks out and then J- Kirk picks up what looks like a toy or like a replica of the USS Kelvin and then turns it over and it's a salt shaker yeah, it's a <laughs> kinda, and then we have that wonderful moment Andy you were talking about the landscape and like just the the subtle production design of Earth in Star Trek 
where he drives, he rides his motorcycle out, which is cool because it's it looks like a vintage motorcycle for the time, but it's electric as a as a motorcycle would be. So that was a fun little production design element. And he drives it out and he looks out into like the what I assume was the I, I guess it's Starfleet base or whether they're, they're not building anything there because they're there's a plan of some sort, but yeah, that's, right. where they, that's where they launch and shit. And yeah. he just looks at it. Wait, it reminds me of how, like... where they're building the big ship, the... Are they building yeah. the Enterprise there? Yeah. yeah. assume that's on the Enterprise. It reminds me of how, like, space... It reminds me of how SpaceX, like, they they have a building thing in the RGV. Like, because it's, like, here's this cheap land where it's, like, super flat and nobody's mm-hmm. really around. But here's this giant, you know, uh, Enterprise being built. It's just so cool, like, that contrast. Does anyone remember, was this the teaser trailer? Yeah, uh, yeah him, him with the motorcycle driving up. Yeah, yeah, which is cool sure. as hell. I remember like first seeing that and just being like, I don't give a shit about Star Trek, but like this seems like they're doing it right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he looks over that and has his contemplative moment. Then the next morning at 0800 hours, he rides his motorcycle into where they're loading up all the recruits here, uh, the cadets. Uh, yeah. The guy's like, "Nice bike," and he's like, "Years now." And he because cl- he cl- he's got nothing. He climbs on there. He sits down. He says hi to the cupcake guy. Makes eyes with uh, Gamora, and then he uh, tries to fiddle into his thing. He fiddles it in. Finally, then uh, Bones gets on. Uh, Carl Urban himself making his appearance in the movie. He's pulled on. He's freaking out because he doesn't want to fly. Uh, they sit him down next to Kirk and strap him in, and he starts ram- raving like how you know Tiny's cracking this thing. We burn alive in 15 seconds. This goes on, blah blah. blah. And he's awesome. I love Carl Urban in this. I love Bones, and I love obviously Best. the this back and forth he has with Kirk and the friendship they establish here. I, I don't love why they call him Bones, though, which was not the original reason in the series. I think he called him Bones because that's just what they used to like. That was a weird term for doctors back in the day. But in this one, he's like, my wife left me, took everything but my bones. Took everything on the planet but my bones. I I like, I, she also left you your skin and your hair and your amazing God, smile, that cool, cool, like, thing cool like, smile, you know. They're not going to call him epidermis, Nick. They're going to call him bones, bro. That's true. That's true. Uh, They take off there. Uh, They're on their way to the academy to start their new lives. Then we get a check-in with uh, Nero and company. This is when uh, they establish that, you know, they're – I think they're here waiting for Spock. Did they, did they even get Spock here? Is that one there? Yeah, I think this is where they get Spock, right yeah. Yeah, this is the next thing where Spock pops out of the, his little uh, ship hole there cool too. Cool ship. Cool like, ship. We got him. And they grab him and they bring him over. And do they explain the plot to him or not? I forget if this is where they, there's so many times we get dropped in with these people. And no, we, I don't, th- I don't think we get it. We just see them. I don't think we get it. We just see him get it because he says Perfect. it later where he tells him on the ice. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. We get we get a lot of backstory in like five scenes here. Where we're like, exactly. That's why it's hard to keep together. Uh, yeah. From there, we jump back to the academy where I forget three years have passed. Yep. Um, uh, this is where the green girl comes up, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Well, are they leaving a class first or is it the green girl first? I had it as they leave a class and he's like, Bones, I'm doing the uh, exam again tomorrow. And he's like, you'll never fucking do it. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, nah, I want you to be there, bruh. And he's like, I got to go study. And you know, everybody's like, what do you mean? That's right. And then we cut to him. Yeah, he's on he's on top of this green girl, right? And she's she's in her bra and panties. He's in his undies in there. Making, she says, I love you. <laughs> Right, and he, he says that's, that's interesting. Or something. So interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come the fuck on. Uh, before they can really get into it, though, uh, Gamora comes back, Yahora, uh, and she's like, "Fuck, you gotta get under the bed." And, yeah, that's kind of stupid, right? And she's like, "No, I'm just getting. I, I've been told not to, to quit bringing guys back here." And he's like, "Wait, how many guys?" And he, he jumps down. <laughs> uh, Yahora comes in. Uh, she's 
you know, I thought you're supposed to be at class or whatever it is or the, the facility all day. And she's like, I was, but I found this transmission and it's talking about this, uh, all these Klingons that got killed by these uh, Romulans or whatever that's going on out there. And I really got to blah, blah, blah. And so she's doing that. As Nick set, pointed out earlier, she starts changing. So now she's she's in the nude there too. And this is the thing about girls and girl roommates that I don't understand because obviously I've never like been a girl and had a girl roommate. I'm just like, is it cool to be like just in your bra and panties and like somebody comes in and you're just like, oh, hey, I'm still my own Dude, more girl. than that. It's it's nuts to me where it's like in my experience, girls just get naked in front of each other, and I'm just like, I would we don't get naked in front of each other unless it's like a special occasion, you know. Now I would gladly get naked in front of you guys if you guys would let me. If Kevin would stop said telling me it's illegal, he just gets so uh, touchy so, when he takes off his clothes. And okay. so uh, he, she's like, wait a second, who's the mouth breather on the bed? You can hear me. He pops up. He's interested in what she's saying because he's mentioned the Romulans and stuff. It's all starting to sound a little bit like uh, what had happened with his dad. But he gets shoved outside. And he's like, well, fuck this. And so then he goes in to take. But he's the, also like, what was your first name? When are you gonna tell me your first name? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Then he goes to take the test. What it's I, I'm using the dead spaceship, the Ishimura oh, here. Thank you very oh, much. Which is a no win scenario right. that nobody's ever passed or whatever. But Kirk swears he's gonna pass it this time. And so he sits there, and it's the cast we've already met or whatever, and they're all students and cadets, and they're all like, "All right, cool, what are we gonna do, Captain?" And he's like, "Don't do this, don't." Do and like they're shooting on him. He's like, "What?" Everybody's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like you're not doing anything. You're just I just lose. love, I love Carl Irvin in the back and forth of like, "Do we fire back, Captain?" Like, uh, no. Of course, not. of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. And so, in the middle of it, after he makes a few key moves, the screen goes to black. It comes back, and Kirk goes all out. You know, he he's like, "Well, they shoot fire everything. They have the shields up. Do they? They don't. They blast them. They win." Like he, he goes, he goes, "Fire one photon apiece. Don't want to waste. Don't want to waste photon torpedoes." And then as the yeah, this is eating apples. Such a shitty yeah. smug fucker. From there in the other room, the teachers are monitoring, right? And they walk over to Spock. Like, nobody can beat your test. How do you do that? I don't know. Or, and it's like, well, for, first off, clearly all went black and he's not trying at all. He's clearly cheating and doing he's something stupid. Cheating, yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, what are you talking about, you weirdos? Uh, from there, we're into. I love, I love Greg's Spock impersonation. Well, I know it was very good, Greg. Good job. It's it's essential. I love this too because this is if you if you're a fan of the original movies that came out, this was a, a huge reference to like uh, Kirstie Alley w- could not pass the Kobayashi Maru, and I believe I want to say the search for or, uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, and she asks him, yeah. she's like, "You're the only person to ever beat this," and he makes a veiled reference to the fact that he was like, "I re I forget how he phrases it, but he's basically like, I redid the parameters of of the thing." And she's like, "Cheated." Yeah, and he's like, he's like, well, I didn't cheat, but you know, I just, I kind of found a different way to do it, and that was, that was kind of the main, the main theme of that movie. Because he says something here too, to confuse him of cheating, and he says, no, he, re, he whatever he did. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he's in academic court now. Dun, dun. And I'm sorry, he's in Tyler Perry's dun, dun. academic Tyler court. Perry's court. court. What a weird, what a weird drop and roll for Tyler Perry. There was like Tyler oh, Perry. Did you guys notice how much nose hair he had? No. no. I just think it's- he really could have fixed that with. The Manscaped Weed Whacker. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Just full disclosure, Tyler Perry didn't have a lot of nose hair. But I was like, I don't know. Manscaped <laughs> just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. You can take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, okay. Manscaped forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Uh, its intelligently contoured design uh, enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Um, I haven't had to use it that long, but I have been using it, and I love it feeling good whenever you pull the hairs out of your nose because you're always like oh it's just a little bit i'm gonna pull it always hurts way too bad bad. it's not worth it um some would say it's worse than uh nicking your balls that's in the copy uh manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene uh you'll get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable and right now 79% 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So, hey, you can be more attractive to people. It's pretty simply. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. Uh, thank you to Manscaped for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. You can get 20% <laughs> off plus free shipping with the code MORNING. That's a good one to come back to. <laughs> get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com, use the code MORNING. Support our sponsors so they know that we're worth the, the love. And also, Tim, I need one of these nose hair trimmers. I really do. Okay, cool. Because, like, I, I there's every once in a while, I'm like, is is that my mustache hair? Nope, uh, that's just, like, a long-ass nose hair that's coming out. Andy, you yeah. know when they touch and then it's like... Ugh, it's the worst, Kevin. Oh, it tickles uh, too Tim, much. Well, I, no, guys, you can weed whack and it'll be great. But also, you can use ExpressVPN. We all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Uh, now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until we run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Um, but it's simple to use ExpressVPN to log in and find uh, the, the libraries of content from other territories. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think that you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Uh, We keep talking about Michael Jordan's The Last Dance, which is not available on Netflix in America, but you can use ExpressVPN to access it in other places. Uh, It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, whatever it is, it's there. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but... ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can use it to stream in HD, no problem. Uh, if you visit the link right now at expressvpn.com slash morning, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash morning. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash morning to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That Manscaped ad, you guys, it's really hard to read. So yesterday I did it with uh, Lois Lane, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> this is uh, the holes. They keep coming back to the holes. And that's, uh, keep talking that's about those holes. Yeah, Nick, tell me, in this in this Halloween photo, yeah. of you and Damon Hatfield, yeah. not the same character at all. How old are you? Uh, that was probably from the first couple years I was here. So I must have been 26, 27. Holy Wait, shit. Look, look at how young Damon young. is, too. I mean, Damon, I think, is one of those guys who doesn't old he, or age. He's like a vampire. But well, it's yeah. I might look a little younger because I or we might both look a little younger because I'm rubbing baby oil on all our skin and the the shine makes you just think, feel a little. Yeah, little Nick, you you look like when in a movie when somebody gets exploded by dynamite. <laughs> 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 I, Nick, I think you actually look great. Thank you. <laughs> 
No, you look great. It was great. Those were great costumes. Very confusing. Yeah, if I didn't have the beard, I would go as John McClane every fucking Halloween, all the time. God, it's such. Has a he not had one of them the other diehard? He's never had a beard. No. I digress. Um, so yeah, now we're in po- t- Tyler Perry's academic court, and he's like, "You cheated in this test." And he, and Kirk's like, "I want to see my accuser." So Spock walks up, and he's like, "You couldn't have done this." And he's like, "Isn't the test?" It's he. He totally is like Zach Morris arguing anything. I'm like, right? I'm like, well, isn't the test itself a cheat? <laughs> it's like, what? No, like it's meant to design. It's there to teach you that like the, some situations are no win scenarios. I don't believe in no win scenarios. Well, you're you're gonna get blown up one day when you fucking don't. You know what I mean? You'll fucking believe it then. And they go back and forth around it, and he's like, oh, "I didn't cheat. I just cheated." no cheat test and like cheat 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 and everybody's just like oh my god like this is he's clearly wrong just expel this kid and get him out of here he cheated and he's like well no blah, blah, blah. and then in the middle of this like some dork runs over to tyler perry and is like yo it's fucking blowing up in space and, and tyler perry's like excuse me everybody i've been told it is blowing up in space going uh, <laughs> down for real <laughs> vulcan hey. is getting fucked really badly right now so you've all been promoted from cadets to people who are just gonna go out there and die so run to your ships get your assignments let's fucking roll and so it's like meeting adjourned but there's no decision even though the decision would be expelling and so they all and they all run over there they're their little spaceships and they're getting in they're getting their assignments and the guy's like oh fucking this guy that guy bones you're doing this uh you you're doing this and uh they end and he's in, in, it sounds in, like you're saying you whore <laughs> well it's good it's like i don't i i'm yeah, bad in the pura. Say, a horror a horror a horror no, you're making it worse it's kind of you in it right you whore yeah you you ho- Gamora. So they're like, Gamora, you're on this ship, and she and she's not having that business. And so like, it, it, the guy walks away, and then Kirk's like, "What the fuck? They didn't call my name." Bones like, "It's okay." And he's like, "I didn't call my name." And so he runs over, and he's like, "He didn't say my name." And he looks at Kirk. Oh, you're you know an academic suspension. You don't get to fly. And he's like, "That's some fucking bullshit, sir. I need to fly." There's all the shit happening. He's like, "Well, you shouldn't cheat the test." He's like, "I didn't cheat the test. It was not unwinnable." He's like, "Fuck off. Nobody cares." And so. Uh, Bones is like, well, see you later, Kirk. All right, I don't have time for your shit. And he starts walking. He's like, oh, I got it. He's my only friend. You know what I mean? My ex-wife took everything except my bones and my one friend. <laughs> so he's like, I got to learn from the mistakes of my ex-wife. <laughs> and so he walks back over and he's like, I got an idea. Come with me. So he's going to drag him away. While that happens, uh, uh, Gamora herself is like, hey, yo, uh, uh, this sucks. And she runs over to Spock and she's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, you were supposed to, you know, I, I'm the best student and I did this and you said that and exactly record and he's like of course and so she, he's like well or she's like why didn't you put me on the enterprise the ship i want to be on the brand new ship and he's like i didn't want to have any favoritism appear of any favoritism or whatever right because they're knocking boots and she's like so that's how i did and, he's, and she's like you know that's not how you did it you put me on the enterprise and he stops for a second and then he just goes you've been assigned to the enterprise she's like thank I, you and she walks. i love how he folds or it's just one oh, of those yeah. things where he's like why well, I, I, this shouldn't feel like favoritism it's just like dude i'm fucking the right person for this yeah. and he immediately is like all right my bad yeah, I love it. It's really, yeah, really like good. argument and see how he's going to lose. So just like cut to the end. That dumbass that's like, I don't really understand, Rami. I'm like, you're the communications guy. You're supposed to speak so, 17 really. languages. Get uh, the in, fuck In the chat, uh, Jaysha021 says, what a run for Zoe Saldana. Avatar, Star Trek, then Guardians. And that's a very good point. Like, yeah. has there ever been an actor or actress that has had such an amazing, like, franchise run of movies, like, back to back to back like that? I mean, it's hard to believe she could bounce like, back from the failure that was Avatar. Like, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but, like, Han Solo, right? It's like, cool. Or not Han Solo. Harrison Ford. It's like you had, you know, both uh, Indiana Jones yeah. and Star Wars, which is insane to have those next to each other. But then and it's, the president like, from that one movie? Air Force there. One. There it is. Force One. Yeah. And so Jack I feel like Ryan, that might Jack be the Ryan. only only big one i'd put up there 
So we go back over here now to Kirk and Bones, right? And he, he's like, oh, what are you doing to me, Bonesy? And he's like, I got an idea. And so he gives him an injection. He's like, ow. And it's like, what's this, mud fleas or some shit like that or whatever? And it's going to give you the symptom. It's a vaccine for mud fleas. It's going to give you a symptom of mud fleas. It'll be enough that I can get you on. He's like, he drags him over there. He's like, we got to get on the ship. I'm assigned to the Enterprise. And the guy's like, sorry, you can't bring this guy on. He's Kirk. He sucks. He's cheated. And he's like, I, I love cheating test. This just starts, like, in my opinion, one of the funniest sequences in sure. probably the whole franchise. And I just love the way Carl Urban is always fucking stuff up. And, but you have an allergic reaction? Oh, God. It's just, like, it's <laughs> constant. It's just it's constant like, panic. You got numbton? <laughs> I love I, I love how many times that, it, like, going forward, we're going to have people be like, oh, I, I can fix that. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, with, with, like, oh, your tongue's numb? I, I can fix that. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, they get him on board, and then, uh, cool, that's happening. It's pandemonium. The ship's getting ready to launch. We meet Pike. We see him on the bridge with all his people up there. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And there's Sulu, and there's uh, Chekhov, and everybody's up there, and you start piecing all together. You're like, neat, this is cool. They dodged uh, Spock uh, at one point, uh, Kirk and Bones. And so, uh, yeah, he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to give you this thing now to knock out the vaccine symptoms. Hold on. Ow. And that's when his hands swell up. Or that's when he – is freaking out so they put him they bring him in the medical bay and put him there and then they knock him out a sedative to knock him out they knock him out we go back to um uh the bridge or whatever are we ready to fucking go yes we are i'm, I'm sula by the way let's go and he's like okay and like three two everybody's like pew, pew, pew. everybody's warping out of there and so he's like all right mr sulu hit it and he goes boom and he hits it and nothing happens and he's like mr sulu he's actually like where's whoever the guy who's supposed to be there that guy's got something maybe he had the mud fleas i don't know but he's got something that made him so he can't be there he's like i'm sulu sorry i know what i'm doing sir okay and so he can't figure out what's wrong it's box like did you disengage whatever magnet field or whatever and he's like all right, we're ready when you are, Captain. And they, poof, and they, gish, and they go, and the Enterprise is on its maiden voyage. And so uh, Pike gives a speech about that. And, hey, sorry, this isn't the you know maiden voyage y'all wanted, but we're going off. we got to go do this fucking thing. And he's going, and they're going, and like they, he comes over, and he's like, you know, we got to be out there because somebody's fucking up uh, Romula, Romulan, R- the Romulus, Romulus is getting fucked up. And so we got to go out there and figure, no, 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 that's not, Vulcan's getting Vulcan. fucked up. We got to go out there and fix it and see what's up. And so we're going to go there. There's a weird lightning storm. And then we go back to Medical Bay, and Kirk wakes up, and he's like, lightning storm. And he's like, and they're like, what are you talking about? And he brings up his hands, and his hands are all inflated. <laughs> like, what the fuck's wrong with my hands? And that's when Bones like, oh my God, I haven't seen something in the medicals. You have an allergic reaction. Like, I do this. Like, lightning storm. Storm. And so he jumps up and starts running around. He runs to the computer and types in like to try, try to find Gamora. And he's like, and then Gamora's you know down in the trenches or whatever. She's not anywhere cool. So he runs down. He gets her. She's like, oh my god, what have your hands? He's like, no, there's no time for that. Like, you, you <laughs> and it's his tongue is gone. He's got numb tongue or numb tongue, right? It can't, you know, he's talking about the Romulans. He's talking about the lightning storm. He's piecing it all together. Uh, the three of them now run to the bridge. They get in there. It's pandemonium. Pike's like, what the fuck are you doing here? We, you're, uh, you cheated, you cheater. And he's like, no, I didn't test cheated. And then Spock's like, I hate you. Why are you here? And he's like, I hate you, cheater. And he's like, you're the cheater. And it's the Spider-Man image. <clears throat> but Kirk eventually gets there and he's like, we're going into a trap. This is exactly what happened uh, to the Kelvin. Uh, there was a lightning storm. There was the Romulan transmission. Can you know, listen to her and it, or she translated it. Uh, she heard it that he, they killed a bunch of Klingons. Uh, Spock defends her of like, you know, Captain, uh, of course, uh, Ohora. Uh, she's the one who knows everything. Like, yeah, this, she, if she says it, it's got to be correct or whatever. This is uh, probable. I asked, uh, I think it was Tim earlier who said, oh no, it was Nick earlier that said something about the one guy who couldn't translate Romulan that gets called out. So she gets to sit on the bridge and do the translation for this uh, bad boy for this mission or whatever. And so then uh, Can you they. Imagine how embarrassing that must be. Like, just like you're the translator and it's just like, oh, I don't I don't know. I don't speak. I can't translate this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they turn to her and they're like, 
can you can you and she's like all three dialects it's like damn I don't think the role specifically on the bridge was for translations. I think she's the communications officer and is just supposed to like make sure they can she can monitor and establish communications. It's and the flagship. But Uhura always was flexing in the original series and being like, I speak all this shit. I speak it all. Cool. Um, from there, uh, they come out of warp and it's just a bloodbath. People are fucking killed all over the place, right? And so they get fired on a few times uh, by the they Romulans. The and then inside Nero's like, wait, enhance that, and whatever. And it says USA Enterprise. He's like, stop. And so they, they they hail him over there. And he's like, I like how, you're, I like how your Nero is Buffalo Bill from Silence. Like, oh, it's how he sounds, man. It's how he sounds. Well, because he speaks out of one side of the mouth, similar to uh, what uh, from The Office, um, the awful yeah, guy that everybody hates. Steve and, and so Todd Packer. Todd Packer. There you go. So he comes out over the intercom, right? And he's like, is Spock there? And Spock's like, I'm here, but we haven't met. And he's like, we haven't met yet. We haven't met yet. I'm also kind of doing men in black, right? Sugar yeah. water. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> you look like this. And he pulls the skin back. Um, and he's like, Captain Pike, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come over here. You're going to surrender and all that shit's going to happen. And we're going to go that way. And he's like, okay, that, uh, that I'll do that. That sounds good or whatever. And meanwhile, of course, you know, downstairs, like, uh, remember Vulcan's getting all fucked up. They got this big old drill there and there's going to town on this fucking thing. And so, uh, Pike makes, uh, Spock captain. So like, you're captain now, Spock. And then he's like, who has combat training? And he gets, uh, uh, Sulu, he gets a red shirt and he gets Kirk because Kirk, fuck off. Who cares about you? He shouldn't uh, even be in there. Exactly. Uh, they get on their little shuttle and Wait, it's so a, you know, a little secret quick, mission. Yeah, quick ahead. question. At what point does he do, like put him as first officer? On this uh, walk. It's, here, oh, it's yeah. when he, okay. yeah, it's, it's when he's like peacing out and he's like, Hey, you're the fucking thing. You're the fucking thing. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, yeah, uh, the idea here is that they'll stop the drill with explosives while Pike goes over there and probably dies, but just does whatever he has to do. So as Pike and him, are, they're all going, they then the three of them get ejected out and they do this like fucking awesome base dive free fall shooting down on base. the or whatever. Yeah, again, another great music or sound cue rather where they dive first and it's completely silent. And then as they get into the atmosphere, you start to hear the sound come through the air, which but then breathing but, yeah you hear them breathing yeah it's awesome it, it, it's so good where it rises where it goes from silence to the breathing to the here in the atmosphere they break through it does that thing and then when they get to the thing there's the burning at the at the base of the drill that they're on that is such an intense like low rumble it's so damn cool and it, it like makes it so much more tense and feel like a great action scene love it well i mean like i'm sure you got that effect tim but on my on my sound bar, I didn't really quite get that, that low end. Of <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> good. It's damn good. Uh, I need to so, put a subwoofer underneath my bed. But then uh, recently, my neighbors downstairs have been complaining. Fucking, I hate them. I think the neighbors are above. No, 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 they're below me. They've been complaining recently. It's fucking annoying. Andy, dude. have they been happening? complaining you? Or they, they, they still hitting the? Yeah, they're still hitting the fucking thing. I'm doing. Are you hitting back? Adventure at six p.m. Like Jesus, it's six p.m. Put turn on a fan. Wear some earplugs. Jesus Christ, bro. Sorry, Andy. Andy, Let's talk about this on the KF podcast later. Uh, and so they they're shooting down there, and yeah, the red guy, the red shirt is just way too into. You know, and he's gonna fucking like tear this thing through. One. <laughs> and so like they're like, all right, pull your shoot, and he's like a fucking moron. And he's like, I'm not gonna pull my shoot. I want to get closer for some reason. Like you're a fucking idiot. And of course, yeah, he pulls it way too late, slams, and just gets burned alive or whatever. Like that's what you fucking deserve. In get such out of here. a great way, though. I love that he it hits the thing. The thing, the parachute flies under and gets pulled in and just evaporates him. Oh, yeah. So fucking visceral. 
And so uh, they're like, he's fucking dead. And so they land uh, in the, the Sulu and Kirk. They get down there, right? And uh, Kirk's detonators or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sulu is like, yeah, he had the detonators or whatever. Um, and then there's a fight up here or whatever. At some point, Kirk gets like knocked over the side. Sulu breaks out the sword. He does that weird flip. They fight everybody up there. Uh, they eventually kill all these guys. And they're like, yeah, all right. Well, how are we going to do this? We're going to do it like this. And they start shooting the drill. Um, the second plan of action in all this was Spock immediately giving up on being the captain where he was up there and he's like, I'm the captain and this is logical. And he's like, oh, fuck, wait, no, everybody's going to die down there because uh, Chekhov's like the gravitational pull is getting all weird. They're going to they're making a black hole in Vulcan like this is going to go bad for everybody. And uh, Spock's like, oh, mom is down. Mom and dad are down there and they're in the I can't call them because they're in inside the mountain and like the you know ancient chambers or whatever. So I have to go down there. So he beams down there. He runs in there. He finds everybody sitting around uh, praying around the statue or whatever the hell they're doing, talking to science. And he's like, yo, this place has got like minutes left. Get the fuck over here with me. And they're like, all right, whatever you say, Spock. And they start running with him. And then the fact that the statues are falling down on people's heads and shit like that. Uh, back the there, you know, it. there's one guy that's like, oh, no. And the statue slowly <laughs> falls on him. And he just Wait, so it. What was their plan if Spock didn't come in? So they didn't know the planet was going to explode. Yeah, they, they didn't know it was about to happen. They were. But, I mean, wasn't it already earthquakey and like? Yeah, but they didn't fall. They they couldn't have predicted that they were going to create a black hole in the center. They just thought these this this advanced thing was like attacking the surface. So yeah. they went to like what would be basically like what's the uh, what's that cool fort that we have in America where the door closes and it's in the mountains. Not fort. Uh, with like the salt flats and all that, or they like have or whatever. Yeah, minus minus Tibet. That's it's Minas Tirith, yeah. Uh, so they just thought, oh, we're going to a stronghold that's got all of our like heritage and information, and that we'll go pray over there and hope the attack just blows by. Now, this is the weirdest part to me. I guess evidently, I guess if you were to assume that all of the Starfleet got destroyed, then all of Vulcan's ships got destroyed as well, right? Well, it so wasn't any, all of Starfleet. Defenses, what's that? It wasn't all of Starfleet. It was just the the armada that they had, were able to pull yeah, together armada, right. from from but, the the training school but it's a fair assumption that if they easily killed like 15 ships of Star Trek, they fucked up all of the planetary defenses of vulcan so they basically yeah, like, it was super, it's 300 year advanced ship right yeah yeah cool or but no 130 so all that's happened they've done that and they've shot all this shit or whatever uh the you know sulu and kirk they shoot the thing it explodes they fall off Right, and then like uh, Sulu's parachute doesn't work when he opens it, or he gets holes in it or something, or it already had holes in it. I forget. Yeah, he, but they're all got shot at. Kirk eventually goes to him and grabs him, and then he's like, hits the button, and then that doesn't work, and he's like, "You gotta get us out now! Get us out now! Get us out now!" And they're like, "You're fucking falling! Like you're supposed to stay in one place. This is fucked up. We can't beam you out this way." And check off on the bridge, like I can do that. And so he runs, 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 and he gets there. And I can do this. I can do this. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like the scene. I hate the scene oh, because I'm like, scene. because theoretically, like it wouldn't take you that long to fall to earth does did he really have enough time to jog three levels down on the starship couldn't you just be like hey give me transport control on my console right now and i'll take this over also and this is a small gripe but i feel like it'll be echoed in the chat right now Chekhov was never the transport guy scotty was the transport guy scotty was the guy that could do all the stuff and eventually scotty doesn't, doesn't, know. Doing it. Oh, scotty doesn't know it's just weird that Chekhov's like i can do this also Chekhov was given the bridge you can't just leave the bridge if you were given the bridge also, and this is the last point I'll make. Enough also. Next time we're on set together, I need one person to be the captain. And when you get to go to the bathroom, you have to give someone the bridge. Ooh, I like that. I like Here's that. the thing. Here's the thing. They've they established later on that Chekhov is a 17-year-old genius whiz, whiz kid. kid. I get yeah. it. But it, it so, is interesting that, that like, they're, why, like, why have him be the one to do this? 
you know, like it was just what they were to do. They I like I like the scene. after they fall through and they land gunk together. Like, oh my god, we made it! That's amazing. And so then, uh, back on Vulcan or whatever, Spock's like, "Come on, well, there we have to go." And so like he runs at them all, out, and they all get out there, and they they see like, oh, it, but the Romulans were like, "Hey, the fucking thing got destroyed, but we got the red matter. Let's drop that shit." Like, Greg looked like the Muppet there. He they, the shit, shit in there, and that's when the planet's like fucking really coming apart, uh, Krypton style. And so then Spock's like, "All right, Enterprise, we, I got like 19 people for transport. It's all the elders of Vulcan. Let's fucking go." And they're like, "You're on it. We're gonna go real slow though, all right?" And he's like, "We got all the time in the world. Don't worry about it." So it's like, mm-hmm. they're like lighting up, like this is happening. Have a cigarette. We're getting out of here. Don't worry about it. And then <laughs> Wall- <laughs> it was good. It was good. How was your day? Oh great. Yeah, I can't believe we were fucking done. It's, it's taking 40 minutes to get us a beamed out of here, but I'll still make it. And then, like, Winona Ryder turns around as if she knows she's about to die. And, yeah, her little thing falls. Her platform falls uh, of rock as she's getting beamed out. So she's leaving the spot they had locked on to. And then they all beam back. And Spock's just hand out, hand out, like this. Uh, And he comes back on the bridge. And everybody's fucking gone. You know what I mean? Well, you know, Vulcan's gone. And then Mom's gone. And then Vulcan blows up big time. And then everybody gets out of there. And it's like, fuck, everything. This fucking sucks. I I love the upcoming line of, I'm I'm an endangered species. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's so which great. Is, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, because that's what he says to Gamora in the elevator, right? When mm-hmm. she kisses him, and like he's like, "Tell me what you need. Tell me what you need." And he, everybody, to do continue to do an exemplary job or whatever, right? I love the effect of the uh, red matter, the way like they put that oh, needle so into cool. it, and everything like folds around it, and yeah, yeah. one tiny little drop. And then as the the Vulcan is collapsing, it looks so cool when it's becoming yeah. a black hole. Yeah. Well, effective that I loved is it looked really cool kind of coming in on itself. But then when you get that shot of space and there's no stars, like it's just black yeah. around yeah. where it went in. So cool. cool. Space it's is cool, man. Space scary, is scary, though. That's another shirt right there. Um, from there, we jump over to Nero's ship, right? And he's got Pike. And here's where he lays out the plan. Part of the plan again. There's just too many times he gives us pieces of the plan. I can't recall it all. Yeah, he just wants to torture Pike for the his yeah. codes. This is where he puts the thing in, right? Yeah, he's giving me the codes to Earth or whatever. I'm gonna give Which you. I like you just fucked up people. Vulcan, and Vulcan's way more advanced than Earth. Like the Vulcan technology is way better than we have on at Starfleet on Earth. So like, why do you need the planetary defense codes when you could just easily go there right now? Just yeah, right now. You gotta imagine everything. Vulcan. They're pretty peaceful. Right, they're they're uh, oh, they're, it, it's, they're everyone hates the Vulcans. Like no, everyone hates the, the Romulans. Romulans hate the Vulcans. They all everyone hates the Vulcans because they were like they're holier than now, like like prissy smartasses. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're. I think that they're pacifists. Anyways, doesn't matter. We've got nukes. We got space nukes. Well, but also we've proven that our fleet is way the fuck on the like the Delta Quadrant of the galaxy or whatever it is. So it's like just go. I'd like just go there now, man. No one's at Earth. Nick, that's silly. Vulcans. Far away. <laughs> just so you true. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back on the USS Enterprise, right? Like Kirk's like, we need to go save Captain Pike. You know what I mean? And Spock's like, no, we don't. We need to rendezvous with the rest of Starfleet. They're gonna, they're having a picnic over here, and they're gonna discuss what's going on. We should really do that. And Kirk's like, that's fucking loser talk. Are we losers all of a sudden? <laughs> He's like, I'm not a loser. It's not logical. It's just that, you know, like, he's like, ah, they, they, they yell at each other for a while, right? And finally, Spock's like, you know what, security, fucking remove him. And so they start to do it, but then Kirk starts to fight back and starts fucking up the security. And so Spock comes over and he does the Vulcan nerve pinch. Cool. And he's like, take out the trash. And so they toss him into a fucking trash tube and they shoot him out into an escape pod or whatever. Uh, uh, what what I would have liked sure about this line, take out the trash? Yeah, dude, it's going to be great. It's, so, I, I don't know it's, <laughs> right. it's only logical to remove what the I trash. Uh, 
what I would have liked was for Chris Pine to be like, I fucking saved everybody here. Like, I kind of wanted Chris Pine to be like, you're kicking me off, dude. We'd all be dead, you know? Yeah, but, but Kirk's always looking forward, bro. He's never looking backward. So he shot down. His escape pod crashes on an ice planet. Uh, he comes to he's like, oh, what's going on? And the computer's like, yeah, like 14 kilometers away. There's a, you know, starship thing. Or, uh, yeah, that's right. Star, Starfleet thing. And he's like, come on. He's like, wait for pickup. And he's like, fuck that. I'm Kirk. And he throws it open. It's freezing, but he's only got, like, under armor on. But he's no big deal. And he climbs up out of that. And he's like, man, all right, cool. What am I going to do here? And so then he just starts walking. That You assume in the direction of uh, Starfleet or whatever. But he's just walking and having a good time or whatever. And then he just hears like, and he looks over and it's this giant fucking like roaring beast thing that starts chasing him. He it starts like running lost, from that. It looks like a lost planet. Like <laughs> great point. Great point. Like cinematic. So he's running like this. You know what I mean? Trying to stay away from it. And then out of the ice, this giant red thing pops out and it eats it and or starts fucking it up. And then Always it sees Kirk. Fish. So it starts chasing Kirk, which you know is like oh god. And so he's still running again and he tumbles down a hill and then it tumbles down the same hill and then he gets up and you think the ice is gonna break but the ice doesn't break. It's just the thing keeps pursuing him. So he runs into a cave. And the thing runs into a cave too, and eventually uh, it like tendrils around his leg and t- knocks him down. It's about to come in for the killing blow when some dude in a white coat with fire comes out. It's like, ah, and it scares him away. And then it turns around and motherfucker, it's Leonard Nemo and it's Old Spock. And Old Spock looks at him. He's like James T. Kirk or whatever the fuck he says. I don't know. And he's like, how do you know me? And he's like, I'm Spock. He's like, you're not Spock. Spock's up on the ship and he's young. You're old. And he's like, no, it's this whole thing. And like, well, and this is where we get all the exposition in the world about what's been happening here, right? Of like way in the future, right? 138 years from where we're now, I believe. Does the uh, mind meld? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I forgot about the mind meld. Uh, he's like, you know, 138 years from now, man. Like, there's this supernova about to pop off right outside uh, Romulus. And I was like, I got this. I can stop it with red matter. And I just took too long and it fucking ate up the entire planet. And that pissed off these Romulans in a spaceship who were like, you know what? Now we're going to go. Or they got sucked into the time warp, right? The black hole went off and they got sucked into the black hole along with Spock. And uh, they popped out before Spock and they were like, we're going to kill Spock and we're going to kill everybody that Spock ever loved and kind of just fuck up the universe for Spock because he's fucked up for us. This and whole so, bit was weird to me because I felt like it was kind of exposition that we didn't really need. Like, I feel like we knew so much of it and there was a couple key little elements, but I I feel like a lot of this was just to kind of have some flashback scenes, but it felt this was like the one part of the movie that I felt was oddly paced and kind of retreading stuff that we either already knew or didn't add enough to make it interesting to me. I think. Well, I think I like we needed. A a, I think we needed to see that um, that they the Romulans were wrong in thinking that Spock deliberately fucked up their planet. Like I think this just well, shows that Spock was trying to save shit and just didn't get there in time. When I don't think any, that they any, they, they don't think that Spock fucked up their planet. They they think that Spock didn't get there. Like they didn't act fast enough. Was their problem with Spock, right? Oh, I just I just thought that like they this whole time they've been thinking Spock is trying to do this like scientific experiment with red matter or whatever the hell and then now our planet's gone. I thought that's what the whole No, no. they thought they thought that he was um not taking it seriously enough and didn't and didn't act fast enough. Yeah. Oh, and, which okay, wasn't the case. It. But it's that, yeah. Because of that, he could have been he, they, they think he just fucked up and basically they want him to suffer for it. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is kind uh, of is very like, very light and like as far as plots go. It's thin, for yeah, sure. Yeah, very, very yeah. thin. And so he lays all that out, and he's like, listen, we're best friends, too, by the way, back home and all this shit. And so, like, uh, me being here has totally, you know, altered the course of everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I fuck things up. You guys are in a new timeline. Everything's going on. It's the Kelvin universe. Enjoy yourselves. And he's like, oh, there's a lot to take in. 
And so they're like, all right, the first thing we do is we got to get you back to the Enterprise where you're going to be the captain or whatever. And he's like, all right, fuck, this is crazy. And so they walk over to the, the Starfleet facility. They go in there. It's a giant hallway. At the end is this little guy with weird eyes. And he runs over. And then he brings them to Scotty. And they wake up. It's Simon Pegg. And it's Scotty. And, uh, you know, uh, Old Spock says something awesome like, this is peculiar or whatever. It's interesting or some shit like that. And it's like, oh, it's, uh, you're Scotty. And, like, you know, I like that uh, for the most part, Old Spock ain't pulling punches and just like, oh, you're going to do all this awesome stuff. And you're going to invent this crazy thing that'll, that'll you know uh, uh uh transport each other into warp drives and he's like oh, i've been trying that i can't do it yada 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 and so they go and they find the machine that they can use to warp drive and all that shit and he t- what are you doing i'm putting in your formula and he's like oh, i never thought about the fact that space was moving and stuff it's, it's cool i mean it, it cheapens the fact that scotty never really learned figured it out on his own but he did i guess he was to me there's it's a little bit a little bit maybe of an homage to star trek uh, uh i think it's uh the voyage home where they go back in time and, and they're in san francisco and they're like we need the formula we need someone to make us like clear aluminum and the guy's like i don't no one can make this this is not even possible or they need they needed like some resources from like plexiglass and so yeah. he gives the guy a, uh the the yeah the the formula to clear aluminum which there i think is what all the glass in star yeah. trek's made out of mm-hmm. um and the guy's like what the fuck is this and and there's one moment where kirk's like i don't think we should be giving him this like and Scotty goes, how do we know he didn't invent it to begin with? And Kirk's like, good enough for me. Let's go. <laughs> but what, wasn't that the case that, like, he was the inventor and, like, he was like, oh, he was going to invent it eventually. That's fine. But it's one of those things that, like, it's the loop where it's like, did yeah. he ever invent it then? Yeah, we yeah. don't know. We don't know. I love it. I mean, I mean, I know we talked about it to death, but, like, I love this movie. I have so much fun in this movie. And I do love the same way you were, Tim, of uh, I had no affinity for Star Trek when I went and saw this. And I remember seeing it on opening weekend with Jason Ocampo and Damon Hatfield in L.A. because we were there for some Judges Week thing or whatever. And then getting back to San Francisco and going to see it again and, like, being like, I fucking Dude, love this. And totally. it's such a great way of, like, I'm with you of, like, I don't know any of the shit Nick's talking about right now, but that sounds really great. And I love this Spock was in it. And I love that, like, I understand as a – Nobody knew, but like, okay, I understand where we're at and what this timeline is and where we're going. Like, yeah, I remember awesome. leaving the theater with Alfredo and just being like, what the fuck? Like, that was amazing. And then trying to convince Curran and all of them, be like, guys, you need to see Star Trek. And they like laughed at me. They're just like, no fucking way. And it wasn't until it came out on like home video that they watched it. And all of them were like, you were fucking right. Like, we fucked up. We should have seen that in theaters. Yeah. To, I mean, to be fair, though, this is like not really Star Trek. This is JJ Abrams' interpretation of making it more of an action fun movie for, you know, contemporary audiences. But if you go back and don't go back and watch the first six Star Trek films and expect there to be action, it's not, they're not really action movies. They're a little bit more adventure sci fi movies. You know, the camera's not so moving around constantly in the 360 degree it's video that it, gave me, it gave me that base level of, okay, I think I like Star Trek that when, uh, Star Trek Discovery dropped right and on yeah. CBS, and I watched the whole first season. I was like, "This is fucking great." And granted, that is a more modern take as well, but it also is very much like here are weird sci-fi stories and stuff. It's not. I'm not watching it for the action. Yeah, I digress. Back to this movie. Um, so they put in the thing and they're ready to warp out of there. And he's like, "Listen, uh, J- Jim, you got to go on your own. I can't go with you." And he's like, "Well, you could explain all this to Spock, and he'll never believe me." And he's like, "No, you guys need to do it. There'd be grave consequences if I went. You guys need to figure this out. Uh, you need to become the captain." It's like, well, how can I do that? And he cites like whatever it is, order 66 or whatever of just like, hey, like, you know, if he's emotionally compromised, you could take command. He's like, how how will I know if he's emotionally compromised? He's like, Jim, I'm Spock and I just saw my whole entire planet blow up. Like I'm emotionally compromised. He's emotionally compromised. So just play off that. And he's like, all right, I don't want to. That sucks, but cool. And he's like, you know, live long and prosper. And it's like, fuck, that's dope. You know what I mean? Doing that. Like, fucking yeah, that's cool. I remember that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And so uh, is, is, like, is this where he says my, my, he's like, 
this would no, be no, that's when he talks to Spock later on. Yeah, that's I another great that. moment. Yeah, great moment. Um, and so yeah, like they have to leave the little guy behind with the weird eyes, and he's sad. And so they warp out of there, and he does a little like portillo noise, like, like he said. And then they warp onto the Enterprise in like the engine room or whatever, or engineering or some shit like that. Uh, Kirk's fine. He's like, Scotty, where are you? And you hear him banging around in the water drum behind, and he gets sucked out. He's going through the tubes like hamster tubes. He's getting washed all around there and stuff. And it's like he's gonna drown. And then you look ahead. It's like oh, he's gonna get sucked in that turbine and chopped up into a million pieces. But luckily. Kirk sees this giant release valve, <laughs> and so he runs to a computer and pipes pipe that. And what's that? Nick? It's so unnecessarily like cheesy to the point where it's like, oh, there's a giant turbine. Well, thankfully, there's a release valve right before a the human giant size release valve. <laughs> it's so it's so we need an action beat here to keep the story going because we just had five like fifteen minutes of exposition that we need this to happen. But I like it because it reminds me of the chocolate tube and Willy Wonka on the chocolate. Sure. Factory. Fair, yeah. fair, yeah. fair, fair, fair. Uh, so they get pooped out there. They're like, we survived. And then all the security starts descending on. I'm like, oh, no. And then I forget, do they run to the bridge or they get dragged to the bridge, but they get back to the bridge and they're there. And they're like, and everybody's like, how the fuck did you get here? And like, we were actually, he won't tell him, right? Like, how did you get here? And he's like, I won't tell you. And he's like, you, Scotty, have to tell us. He's like, I prefer to stay out of this. And he's like, <laughs> they go back and forth. And then Kirk's like, here's my chance. And so he starts pushing Spock and like, you know really driving home like his planet getting destroyed his human mom all this you never deployed. loved her yeah exactly right yeah and spock's like you know what i've had enough of this and he starts throwing vulcan punches and man these things look fierce and so they're brawling all over there and kirk's just getting his ass kicked once again as he does in this entire movie it's a cool it's way like, of fighting where he's just like poof, like just doing yeah, yeah. shit kirk's yeah. just trying, he's just trying to take it until someone stops it but I, I love that because it's so like you don't, you never really get a sense of because because Spock, of course, is always like the pacifist, but you never get a sense that Vulcans are like way stronger than humans mm-hmm. until the scene where you're like, oh, he can't win this fight. There's no way Kirk's winning this. But yeah, it's not about the physicality of it. Uh, I I really like that. Uh, no one attempts to stop Spock at all until his yeah. dad is like, dad. Yeah. Hey, like Spock, that's enough. And it's like, oh fuck, if your dad has to step in. I had some embarrassing <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they, he was captain, right? So, they, yeah. they, you know. They, no one's getting uh, but this is, is notice that he is, in fact, emotionally compromised. So he surrenders control of uh, the USS Enterprise. Uh, says he will no longer be captain and walks out. Um, everybody's like, well, who's the fucking captain now? And uh, Kirk's like, it's me. And and Sulu's like, it's true. Pike put made him first officer. And everybody's like, oh, you sly dog, you know, you son of a bitch. All right, where are we going? He's like, we're going to pursue Nero. Spock gets in the elevator, goes down, and hears it over the PA. And it's just like, Ugh. it's fucking got played. You know but I, I, mean? I feel I like he would have been played. like, fuck this, and gone back and be like, no, 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 that was a mistake. It's a the classic thing you do, Greg, whenever DeMarcus Cousins is on the floor uh, in the NBA, and you know sure. he's got a short temper. You know that he's got a short temper. You know that a couple more technical fouls, and he's, he has to miss a whole game. Because, Greg, you know the rule. If you get totally. 13 technical fouls in a season, you are forced uh, to then miss a game. And it's just it's a, it's a classic strategy. I love it. Love exactly it. exactly it may um, not be 13 actually what's uh, yeah like you said uh you know uh, kirk says all this over the radar or radio uh spock goes downstairs eventually spock's daddy comes downstairs and like listen man what's up and he's like oh this shit and he's like and spock's dad gives him a conversation that would have been helpful probably as a kid but he's like listen you know you asked me why i married your mother i said it was logical because i'm the ambassador to earth or whatever i loved her i actually had feelings we all have feelings like that's how it is we have feelings you still you know it's not this isn't an emotional deficiency you being a this it's or a vulcan human it's just how it is you know what i mean we all have and we all have to do this and spock's like you know what 
you're right, dad. And he does like the Tiger Woods golf bump. And then he gets on the elevator. He goes back up and he's like, hey, I want to be first officer or whatever. And, and Kirk's like, you, no problem, bro. And so now we're all hunky-dory. We're going to go after Nero and fuck some shit up. He pats um, him really hard in the arm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Nero. Yeah, exactly. Nero yeah. is uh, making his way to Earth, by the way. That's where he's going. He's going to blow up Earth like we were talking about. Um, I like the part where he's like, he's like, uh, open up the communications for the ship. And he's like, we're going after Nero and we're going to take him down at all costs. It's either uh, him or us. And I'd be like, just maybe be a little bit more optimistic than that. Like, don't yeah. tell the crew you're on a fucking suicide mission right <laughs> now. Uh, chat says uh, Andy, you were wrong about the technical thing, and you're a clown. So that's how it is. Yeah, well, I corrected myself. It's it's. 16. I can't read the names. It just says some, somebody says it's sixteen, not thirteen. Andy's it was clown. me correcting myself. And yes, you, say Andy, just get, you, you got God, dude. You got God. Uh, so then they pop out behind <laughs> the moon of Titan or the, the moon Titan of Saturn, and yeah. that's how they're going to hide from the the Romulans' radar or whatever. Uh, Romulans are now above SF, and they're like, we're going to fuck this shit up. And they're they bla- they <laughs> throw some shit down right by the Golden Gate Bridge, but not on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, which I appreciate. Um, and everybody, you got cut back to the academy, and everybody's like, ah! it's back to the airplane moment of they're just all freaking out, tits out, running around. Um, so then, yeah, we got the Enterprise is in position now. They're behind that. Um, they're going to uh, – Kirk and Spock are going to get beamed onto the ship, right? And they're going to take end all this shit, and they're going to stop all the crap. And, and uh, Scotty's like, if this shit makes any sense, I'm, I'm warping you into the cargo bay. And they're like, perfect. No one will be around. Perfect. And they warp in there, and there's a billion people around. It's the bridge. Shoot now. Yeah. Everybody's shooting, everybody doing all this different stuff. Um, and here's where I won't lie to you. The movie kind of blurs together, as you know, I am with action. So they shoot a bunch of stuff, and that's... It's good. not just you, though. So, like that, That's the problem, is this is kind of... It is generic and not memorable, because well, it is just kind of like, let's just have a bunch of things happen to get to the end. Which is there's an important thing that I never noticed before in this scene, that I, that I caught this time, and I was like, oh, that's how they figured out where everything was going on in the ship. So he flicks around, you know, as you know, phasers have two settings. They have yeah. kill and stun, right? He's killing everyone because it's red, and then he sees the last dude, and he switches it over to stun. So it flips around, and he shoots him, and that gives Spock the opportunity to go up to him in Vulcan mind meld to figure out where Pike is and what else is going on. And that's how he figures out he the ship the there. Because he steals it, he figures out everything that's going on, and so that they—that's where they split up, and Spock goes for the ship. Or actually, I think they go—they both go to the ship together. It's cool how the guns do the little flippy thing, and I—I like that little moment that we have him switch it over, and it's like, oh, what's happening there? And that's right. So yeah, uh, you're right. They go to the ship. The ship recognizes Spock, and he's like, "I believe I've been here before." You're withholding information. And he's like, ah, you know, and so they, they get on the ship or whatever. And yeah, what's he doing? He's gonna go. What's he doing? I forget what he's his his mission in the ship is. He's gonna go get something. The red matter. Get get the red matter and shoot it into the other ship. Basically, attack right. it with red matter. And then and Kirk's getting Pike. Kirk's mm-hmm. has to get Pike. And then meanwhile, the plan is the plan is for them to do that. And then and then if they start attacking uh, Spock's ship. The Enterprise is waiting in the in one of the rings of Saturn undetected and can come in and help out and fuck him up a little bit, like ambush him. Because remember, he right. says, listen, no matter what happens, I love that scene, too, where he goes, Sulu, you, you, you're in charge now. No matter what happens, if you feel you have a tactical advantage on that ship, you fire. You don't even wait for us to get off. And Sulu's like, I don't like you that much, so no problem. Easy. Yeah, you've never been one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, the Spock, Spock cuts. Oh, yeah, Spock flies in and, and shoots the drill. It falls. It doesn't hit the bridge. Falls next to it. Um... I, I forget if we've already missed the fire everything moment, which is always one of my favorite memories. Of this no, movie. Fire. I don't oh, yeah. think that's until until yeah. Spock's like. 
Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. No, I think that's right when Spock like I said, gets like, it's the a ship. Blur. That's what it is. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, that's the ship. Kill kill that ship no matter what. And he's like, sir, we don't have to. We've got this. And he goes, fire everything. And they shoot all the missiles at the ship. And that's when the Enterprise fucking – and then someone goes, wait, the there's another score. ship. And the fucking score kicks in and the Enterprise warps in and just starts blasting all of the, of the missiles out of the air as Spock, like, I don't know. That's some other shit. I can't that's remember. Great. That's <laughs> great. And so – you're, we're right about all that, and then and then they jump into light speed for like a second, right? Because they need to get sufficiently away from Earth, or else the explosion that's going to happen would the fuck everything man. up. Yeah, yeah that black matter sucked Saturn into it, though. I think Saturn's gone now. Oh really? Also, I, I I think they jumped further than Saturn, like because I I didn't see any stuff. Like, I was just going to say. They... Shout out to Sulu for, like, just being a good-ass pilot, you know? The the dude who missed, like, a basic-ass little button earlier in the beginning of the movie, and now he's just like... Hey, man, it's it's, it's, it's nerve. Like You've all been in You're yeah. like, I don't know how to start this car, but you figure it out eventually. Sure. So, yeah, they warp away. The ship starts getting sucked into a black hole. Everybody's hunky-dory back on the Enterprise, and they radio them of, like, hey, you know, we, we want to... Uh, hey, this is your chance to surrender and come, we'll beam you aboard. And Spock's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I thought you'd like this. And he's like, not this time. <laughs> and then Nero's like, I'd rather I'd rather watch Romulus die a thousand times than come here out by you. And they're like, all right, cool, no problem. See you later. I'd be like, you know what? I don't think the captain speaks for all of us anymore. I would like parlay. <laughs> I would like to go up your ship. I do not want to get sucked into a massive black Listen, hole. Listen, man, we went back in time against our will. This wasn't the, you know what I mean? Like, can I just get some help? here i don't care yeah. send me back to my planet that exists in this timeline i know uh, so yeah, they blow they just fucking fire in there they blow that shit up uh then of course the black hole keeps going though and it starts sucking in and like let's warp and he's like we're in warp why aren't we getting away oh the black hole is too powerful and it's like the the it starts cracking getting all terrifying and uh he's like what can we do scotty and scotty's like well if we jettison some stuff they'll explode and that might knock us loose but i can't promise and he's like do it do it now do it now scotty has the of course the the iconic Scotty line where he's like, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> so, yeah, that does it. We break free. We get the hell out of there. All the bad Romulans are dead. Um, hooray. The Enterprise is won. Uh, we go back to base there and we kind of like park and everybody's celebrating a little bit and like you settle in. And then we can start getting the epilogue here of like, uh, Spock's walking around the hangar bay and runs into old Spock. Uh, and he calls him father and he turns around like, I'm not your father. And he's like, you know, it's a fun, it's a really fun exchange here. I think personally, even as somebody who doesn't have anything uh, like skin in the game for Star Trek. But I appreciate that it also sets up the thing where like the uh, uh, current Spock is very much like, well, I'm leaving Starfleet. Like we're, you're an endangered species, right? There's only a few hundred of us. Like I, we should go worry about that. And he's like, wow, but you have the ability to be in two places at once. So, I'll go take care of that. You stay here and have your adventures and, you know, live the life you're meant to live in so this cool. world or whatever. And then this is the line you're talking about of like uh, my traditional greeting would seem self-serving or whatever. So I'll just say good luck. Yeah. I love that. But, yeah. but there's also the cool line where they, they talk about like, like why didn't you wait, go on the yourself? What, wait, so you told, uh, you told Kirk what? He's like, yeah, he's an idiot. Like, <laughs> I, <do laughs> like that I, I kind of alluded to there be possibly like world ending consequences if we met each other. But yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> great. uh from there then right like uh we're back in the academic court of tyler perry but it's not court this time around instead it is uh uh admiral pike turning over the command of the enterprise to uh, captain james t kirk now um pike can find a wheelchair now uh but he goes over there and like i'm here to relieve you sir i am relieved 
I love that. It's like, yeah. And so then it's like this uh, whole, you know, montage, whatever, getting ready thing of them getting ready to launch the <laughs> Enterprise. And, you know, Kirk shows up and Fox there, and he's, he's second in command. Uh, Ohora is there. Ohora is there. Gamora is there. Uh, and everybody's just having a great time. And he's like, all right. He does a whole bunch of stuff that I understand, talking about turning on engines and, you know, put the antifreeze in. And he's like, let's fucking go or whatever. And they go, and it's credits. Dude this whole scene is so great and it's just pure let's fucking go hype where it's like you leave the theater and you're just like that I was perfect wait. i it's can't like, wait for part two like, it, the first 10 minutes of this movie are perfect the last three minutes of this movie are perfect everything in between is really damn good and it's just like you you start and leave with just such a great moment because the them getting into their seats it feels so earned and when they go into the the classic star trek uh kind of vo and then the, uh, the original star trek theme kicks in when I get chills for stuff that is not even something I care about, it's like that's when you succeeded in this. Like you nailed the presentation so hard. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your reviews in haiku form, just like John Lastrina did. Chris Hemsworth and Pine, two great Hollywood Chris's, needs Evan and Pratt. Jason says, superhero Kirk takes so many ass kickings. Guess that's his power. Dude, he does. <laughs> he gets his ass with a lot. Ignacio Rojas says, it's no Star Wars, but as a newcomer to Trek, really enjoyed it. Oh, I wonder, Ignacio, is this your first time ever watching these? That's fun. That's Very cool. Because cool. we have, has everyone here seen the entire trilogy? Yeah. No. I saw them all in theaters. Really, really good. And yeah, I remember I when I was, one. I remember watching it go, go watch Beyond and the sound was fucking up and my dad was so pissed. He kept on like complaining, like, come on, man, fix the goddamn, everything's crackling. It was awful. Terrible. Yeah, experience. no, I, I loved this one, saw it multiple times. Saw the next one and was like, uh. And then by the time Beyond came out, I think we were on a trip or something like that and never saw it. Um, let's see. We got. Are they still making? These? Are they going to do more of these or is this? There's, it was a fourth, a fourth was Beyond. being worked on and uh, involved Chris Hemsworth and time travel. Um, oh, okay. But oh, that also, that seemed to have been gotten canceled at some point. There was also okay. the Quentin Tarantino yeah. Star Trek movie. That, uh, but it's right. one of those things right now. So until we see a trailer, I don't believe any of this happened. Uh, Engine 25 says Thor was the captain. 812 minutes. Can Greg do better? I don't know why he's no. calling you out. But, no, I couldn't. <laughs> but I appreciate it. And that's I would be it. like Ragu immediately like self-destruct. <laughs> Let's do some Ragu Bagu. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast where we rank all of the Star Trek Kelvin timeline villains. I'm one of your hosts, Greg, alongside Kev, Tim, Nick, and Andy. Boys, where do we want to rank Nero? Number one. Perfect. I, I mean, like this is a joke, obviously, because it's the first one. He's going to be number one no, regardless, but I really did like him. I, I, I'm with everybody here, and I'm sure someone in the chat and the YouTube comments for sure are eating our lunch for when we're like, well, why didn't he just go to Romulus and start a new life or whatever and do whatever? And like, why? I don't know the answer to that, but I, that aside, I enjoyed the, what his motivations were. I enjoyed what he did. Greg, can we get a quick impersonation of him? And say, Fire like, everything! Yeah, I love, I love it. I love it. Love it. 
Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine, and he was good enough to get the plot where it needed to go, which really is for this movie all it had to be. I like he never bothered me with the exception of the hand to hand combat. I also just, I also just love his his demeanor, like when he's talking to Pike, and and Pike is trying to like plead with him or whatever. He's like, you know, uh, I love when he finally puts that worm in his mouth, and he's like, "Tell us the fucking thing," and he's like. I'm Lieutenant Pike. I'm Captain Pike. Whatever, whatever. He's like, all right, just fucking do it. Like, I just, I love the way. I mean, Eric Bana kind of rules in this role. I think. Yeah, definitely. To me, cool. for sure. By the way, that uh, Bruce Greenwood is fucking MVP of this bad boy. Pike's a badass. You know what? Him. Let's bring the MVPs into this tier. I like that. That's a fun section. Andy, right. we're gonna need an MVP theme song at some point. Let's okay. work on that. Okay. Because uh, this this is a segment that needs to stay. Uh, Greg, you have missed this because we introduced it in uh, Lord of the Rings. But sure. we are going to give each movie an MVP. And it can be for okay. whatever reason you want. But I, I'm with you, Nick. Let's it's give it to Mike's awesome in this. He's great in it, but I feel like those few those eight minutes that, Krim, uh, that I was going to say Hemsworth, Hemsworth has, he's so charming and likable. It's just one of those things where like I get why they didn't want him as uh, Captain Kirk. Because Kirk had to start as an asshole before he like became the captain that everyone is going to get behind. And I just feel like Hemsworth is too too likable for that. You get a lot of his Australian accent popping in there. Yeah. A knock against Hemsworth in this is that uh, he's a deadbeat dad. Where was he for his kid? Uh, well, that's I mean, not He literally kid. died. He <laughs> literally died so his kid survived. His kid grew up that back. I mean, it's kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, I, I love I love Chris Hemsworth, but I do think that Pike is set up in this movie in that Obi Wan role that I think is so easy to just shoehorn in. It's very hard to actually make believable, role. and they they nail uh, it. Like, he's so I, good. I, I'm I want giving him it to call me and motivate me and be like, Nick, you can go for a run right now. You can. I know. <laughs> you know? I'm giving it to Carl Urban. He made me smile the whole time. He was like, good it, too. It, it was just it was nonstop. Like every every line he delivered, I just wanted more of it. Uh, and he- yeah. He also did, did the damn it, Jim, I'm just a doctor line like twice. And it's like, yeah, ah, it's such a good <laughs> yeah, line. I'm not a <laughs> physicist. <laughs> Greg Miller, who's yeah. the MVP of this movie? Ooh, Simon Pegg's a good choice. Petey no, 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 he's not. For me, it's either Bones <laughs> or Pike. Bones or Pike. And so. You're the deciding vote here. Oh, Pike. I'm going Bones. Done. Are you going Bones? Popped up. Well, that Pike. sucks because now you're not the deciding thing. Now, now it goes to Kevin. You have to choose Bones or Pike. I'll give it to Pike. Yeah, Pike boy. Pike is the MVP. All right, and yeah, obviously this is number one so far because there's only one. But it, it it's another one of those examples where it deserves number one. This movie, movie. rules. Um, ladies and gentlemen, next week we or this week on Friday we are doing Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers Part Two. Uh, Helm's Deep, baby. Let's go. Woo! Then next Tuesday we will do Star Trek Into Darkness here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, youtube.com slash kindoffunnyroosterteeth.com, podcast services, all that stuff. Until then. Live long and prosper. Wrong, Tim, you're back.